509, hi, it is show number 1506. It's my mom's birthday today. Uh, another birthday? Birthday week of Palooza continues. Man. My niece Claire, followed by Abigail Grace, I think we all know who she is. Followed by Ross yesterday, followed by my mom today. Followed by Lauren's, uh, my daughter-in-law's mom, uh, tomorrow. What, what if your in-laws, what would she be? Would she be my step-in-law? Uh, what, what are the in-laws of my my son's, my son's in-laws? What are they your, to me? Your son's in-laws. Yeah. Hmm. Lauren's <laughs> folks. It's got to be a better title than that, isn't there? No. No. Not really. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> there sh- probably should be, but <laughs> okay. That's the quickest one, I think. Okay. Well, uh, she has a birthday tomorrow, and uh, and then a very good family friend, uh, uh, Gail Glaw, has a birthday on Saturday. And of course, Jesus Christ's birthday is next Wednesday. <laughs> it's next Wednesday. My dad's birthday was yesterday. So I mean, my it's son's just, was last week, and my little goddaughter birthday granddaughter birthday week of Palooza. Yeah, the yeah. big JC. That's the big one. Yeah. yeah, that would be the one that matters most. Yep, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, Donald Trump was impeached last night. I assume uh, most of you got the memo. And uh, in the course of that, uh, makes history that no one would want to make. The question about whether or not the impeachment articles will immediately go to the Senate for consideration uh, remains hanging out there. It is my opinion that uh, Nancy Pelosi said something that she probably didn't intend to say necessarily. Um, and uh, is, uh, at least if there was an intent, trying to buy some time and or leverage when Schumer sits down with Mitch McConnell today uh, to discuss what happens next. Mitch McConnell doesn't want any witnesses. He wants it to move along very quickly and to be over with. Uh, Schumer wants witnesses to go forward as well. And uh, the main argument that Republicans made all day yesterday in an incredibly tedious uh, day yesterday, um, the machinations of the House and the Senate, uh, just uh, every every member of the House that stood up to speak, whether they were Republican or Democrat, were doing it to have their official words read into the record, regardless of what they were saying was just said a moment ago. And it was just repetitive, and it went on all day long. Uh, well into the evening, I didn't think they were going to get the vote in before my Betty by time. You know, I'm well, but uh, not all of us go to bed at six o'clock. They did get it in in prime time, right? In the middle of prime time, and all of yeah. the broadcast yeah, networks for wall to wall coverage. Interrupting my Survivor, yeah. and it was the season finale. Well, the old <laughs> well, this impeachment thing's kind of important. You know? I, know, I know the old way of doing it: a roll call vote would have taken forever, but the electronic voting that uh, goes on uh, meant it was very very short just a matter of a few minutes um uh, but my point was going to be this one of the main arguments made all day was uh, by the republicans was that uh, nothing's been proven uh, and where are the witnesses well the witnesses are being held back by the white house the white house is not allowing witnesses like nick mulvaney who had previously admitted that uh, the charges were true and said something along the lines of hey grow up we do this every day um, Mulvaney and, uh, and and Bolton and others not allowed to speak. So that's where your witnesses are. 
Uh, this now will go to the Senate because Senator Durbin was on yesterday. He's a very powerful member of the Senate, second most powerful Democrat. And he said, yeah, we're going to get it in January. So there's a little more dancing going on before that happens, but you can expect that it will happen. Or can't you? Because really, what can you count on at this point? I'm not so sure I'd bet on it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't bet some money on that. So, so, yeah, I just think Durbin has inside knowledge that we don't have, and he seemed quite confident yesterday when he said, no, it will happen in January. It's not like he doesn't talk to Nancy Pelosi. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, and uh, in the meantime, the Durbin podcast uh, from yesterday is available at WGNRadio.com, as all podcasts are. Just out of Nancy Lou, we've got our Associated Bank Thought Leader conversation with Steve uh, Grzanich coming up before 6 o'clock, top 6 at 6 after. Pat Brady will be here. Uh, Chuck Todd is uh, is uh, on assignment, sleeping after being up all day with NBC yesterday. Congressman Darren LaHood, who voted against the impeachment, will be on in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Congressman Dan Lipinski, who voted for it, will be on in the 7 o'clock hour. Bridget Gaynor will be here. Uh, Dean Richards after 8. David Hochberg after 8. And uh, Donald Trump's calling in this morning. How timely is that? It's holiday phone It's amazing call. how you can get him. I tell you what, man. When it's not me. It's Lady Vivian and Joe. Uh, good morning, Nancy. Hey there. How you doing? There's a lot to keep track of. Yeah, so much happened yesterday. Well, and it's a busy show, Nancy. I'm so sorry you can't listen to every minute of it. I'll just send you your daily <laughs> copy. <laughs> I know. It'll keep me busy for the rest of my life. Nancy Liu is covering the, the look, uh, the impeachment's a local story uh, because it's yeah. local everywhere. And Nancy's covering that story today. And uh, what are you and- hearing? It's the Illinois angle, and, you know, there was no surprise with the party line vote among our representatives. It was 13 to 4, and uh, we had one person who did not vote, and that was, you know, our longtime uh, Congressman John Shimkus in the 15th District. Uh, as a lot of people know, he's retiring. He's not seeking re-election. He was out of the country, actually, and not even in Washington yesterday, so he did not vote. So of the folks you've spoken to so far, um, strong opinions, not so strong, burned out? What are you hearing? Well, I haven't been. I'm actually in the studio this morning. Um, But, you know, everywhere out on the streets, people are so kind of resigned to all of this. And everybody's talking about how, you know, we went through this whole rigmarole. And then, it's you know, it's not going to pass the Senate. And why have we done all of this? But we've done all of this. Yeah, and the thing that that I think it's hard for people to wrap their heads around is there are certain things politically that have to happen and a whole lot of things that don't. And there is a constitutional responsibility for congressional oversight. And this is how our democracy works. And this is the system that was built by the forefathers of this country. And, you know, and everybody is playing along with, you know, the playbook that was there, that was laid out. Well, long ago. Who wants to be haunted by Ben Franklin and his buddies? I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Imagine what that would look like. So exactly. what, what is your plan for the morning? Who are you speaking with? Um, well, later on, we'll be heading out, and we're going to be talking, you know, with everyday Chicagoans to see how this is sitting with people. And, you know, as I mentioned, that what we're hearing is a lot of resignation right. and exasperation. Yeah. And I'm sure you're hearing a lot of it, too. Folks are burned out. You know, they uh, they were cynical coming in. They're more cynical now than ever at a time when you need to be more connected. They're more disconnected because right. Washington's so broken. So, 
You know, what we are also talking about is the uh, freshman Congress people who voted for impeachment yesterday who are now vulnerable in their districts. You know, they won narrowly in districts that were conservative and uh, who had, uh, namely, uh, Lauren Underwood of mm-hmm. Naperville. Yep. Uh, she's in the 14th district, largely conservative. It had gone to President Trump in 2016. She voted for impeachment. There are no less than seven Republicans lined up to run against her. So that should be an interesting district to keep an eye on. Also, another one to keep an eye on is the 6th district, which went for Democrat Sean Kasten of Downers Grove. It's another one that it flipped. So that's another district to keep an eye on. Nancy Lou is glad to be awake, even if you're not. (laughs) And she'll be out there talking to folks. Thank you, Nancy. All right. Great to see you. See ya. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. That's Nancy Liu covering the impeachment story uh, in uh, Chicago. It's uh, 522, and uh, as we continue, Nick DiGilio will be with us in just a second. Um, and he'll tell us what's going on in uh, Nick's world. Everybody but Super Joe is here tomorrow, right, Steve? You're here tomorrow? Yeah, I'm here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Mary is scheduled to be here tomorrow. Mary, by the way, is quite sick, so during traffic... <laughs> Please do not touch your radio. If you try to switch stations for any reason, even if it's accidentally, and frankly, why wouldn't it must be an accident? Why would you switch off this show? Yeah, I just Mary, have a cold. Yeah, she may also still be under the influence of uh, NyQuil because she told us yeah. that she took NyQuil at 1130. That was a mistake, but I, I couldn't. That drippage was driving me nuts. How did nuts. you get up? I don't know. My husband would get me up. If, if I took NyQuil at 1130 last night, <laughs> I, you'd have to wake me up Saturday. I didn't fall asleep till like one or wow. one thir- it was bad. I couldn't. I don't know. This drippage thing. Well, and I'm that, sorry yeah. you don't feel good. Thanks. It's just a cold and I never get sick. I'm no. knocking. I'm knocking. Yeah. Knocking on whatever's near yeah, you. I saw the little nuggets this weekend. So I think that's what did it. Well, uh, you know, uh, Abigail is colds. patient zero. Your grandkids are patient zero. Yep. Uh, you know, they spread disease. That's your job. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, let me go to Nick here. Good morning, Nick. Hey, good morning. I was listening to you driving in this morning and uh, it sounds like you have a very busy show tomorrow. And I have one question about your show. Okay. There's a regular feature that you do, which had an interesting name. What's the regular features you have scheduled for tomorrow? Uh, our Friday regular features are straight out of context. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick D. Show Spies. Not that. Uh, Fly Jams Friday. Nope, not that. Oh, I like that. And uh, Vix Picks. Vix Picks. Nope. I'm thinking of You're a Big Dummy. Oh, you big dummy! You big dummy! Yes, you big dummy! You what big is, dummy. What is, I've we, not heard you big real dummy. news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff. <laughs> You've never heard you big dummy? I've not heard you big dummy. Heavy doses, Sanford and Son. I miss it because yeah. I used to hear it every morning driving in, and now I don't. So yeah, because it's on. I'm, it's on it's an on hour. Three. The regular features start an hour earlier since I'm off at four instead of five now. Right. Right, right. So uh, people should be listening or they should be going to the podcast. Uh, you Big Dummy reminds me of uh, Good Times, which reminds me of last night where ABC made the decision they were going with the money. ABC bailed out of special coverage of the impeachment vote to go to the Jimmy Kimmel produced, uh, uh, once again, live versions of Good Times and All in the Family. Um, so that's the world we live in now. I was, by the way, I was, I was just watching that on my DVR before you guys, so, <laughs> before you guys called. How about that? So. <laughs> um, all right. So this is Star Wars weekend, and I, yeah. I yeah, are you a Star Wars nut? Nah, nah, me either. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, it's weird because I should be, because I was 12 when the first Star Wars came out. And so it, was, it should have been right in my wheelhouse. And all my friends went nuts, went back to see it, you know, a hundred times. The weird thing is that the movie that captured my imagination that year, 1977, not so much Star Wars, but the one that got me that I saw repeatedly was Close Encounters. That's the one that I gravitated towards. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's the Jeopardy theme. I don't know what. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, you love the uh, you love the suspense. You love the horror. I do. I'm a, I've been a, a horror fan my whole life, as you know. And you know, I think Star Wars is fine. I actually like these new ones. I yeah. think the new ones are good. So and and uh, but my favorite Star Wars movie of all time is Rogue One, which was like an offshoot movie from a few years ago. And mm. that's my favorite one. And I think it's because every character at the end dies. <laughs> I I like the look. I was uh, yeah. What, what, what was seventy seven? When was the first Star Wars? Yeah, seventy seven. Yeah, so I was fifteen, sixteen years old. And yeah. uh, so I was way too cool for Star Wars. But I got to tell you, oh, you yeah. know, that was the three channel go to a movie theater universe. And uh, it's a very it was a very exciting movie. I mean, the special effects, which don't necessarily hold up so well now, obviously, 40 years ago, that was out of this world. Cool. Oh, yeah. No, that was it was it was groundbreaking in that way. And it, and it really I mean, you know, we, we you know, you and I lived through that. I mean, there are people mm-hmm. who are too young to remember Star Wars, but it was a phenomenon. I mean, a phenomenon in the first Star Wars movie stayed in the theaters for 18 months. And that just, I mean, you, you're lucky if you're in a theater for two weeks yeah. nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the good news is George Lucas has plenty of money, so I don't want anyone to worry yeah. about him. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to worry about Disney either. They're they're not doing too well this year. They've only got three movies that have made a billion dollars this year. So Speaking of movies, I assume nothing's opening against this, right? Uh, Bombshell is opening. Which is that is, right? Because uh, that's yeah, a big movie. Bombshell. It is, and it's uh, it's opening. It's also a terrible movie. Um, oh, you saw it? But it's, oh, yeah, it's terrible. Um, Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie. Uh, Charlize Theron plays Megyn Kelly. Um, and Nicole Kidman plays uh, Gretchen Carlson, and it's about them taking down Roger Ailes and, and Fox News. We all know the story, uh, but it's a terrible movie. You remember last year when Adam McKay made Vice, the movie about yeah. uh, about uh, Cheney? Yeah, of course. Okay, that's this is this year's Vice. It's terrible. It is. There's as soon as the movie starts. Uh, Charlize Theron breaks the fourth wall, starts talking to the camera in a very unfunny, condescending manner, and that just sets the tone for the entire movie. They took what could have been like a really important movie about, you know, a subject that needs to be talked about and covered and turned it into just a gimmicky. And it's from the director of Austin Powers. So, you know. Um, at some point, is there a mini-me in there? Because Roger Ailes was a big dude. He could have used a smaller version of himself. Yeah. I mean, the best thing in the movie is John Lithgow. Uh, he oh, he's plays so Ailes. Good. He's so good. He's, just, he's great in everything. The guy yeah, is incapable of giving a bad performance. He's great. And then the other thing that's opening this weekend is the horrifying images of cats. Oh, you know, uh, again, uh, this is the only Broadway play I ever walked out of. Um, oh, it's I actually, terrible. I actually walked out of Cats. I, I, I didn't understand why there were people in cat suits dancing and singing in the aisles around me. I didn't understand the story. Apparently there wasn't one, and I couldn't do it. I had to leave. I, stay, I stayed through the whole thing, but it's an awful play. It's an awful musical. It's absolutely awful. And, With a couple and of good songs. The- There's a couple of good songs that have lasted and stood the test of time, but honestly, it's not worth the scratching post that it came in on. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, when I first saw that, and as everybody who's seen the trailer, the trailer debuted in August. I had nightmares for three weeks after I, after I, after I saw the trailer. It's the most terrifying, most terrifying thing I've ever seen. 
Well, listen, my friend, it is uh, it is an honor to call you a friend, and uh, you do a phenomenal job Thank on you, WGN, and, uh, and just want to say Merry Christmas to you and your parents and everybody. You too, man. Uh, to, to everybody there, to the whole gang on on, uh, on Steve's show. I'm off next week, so I'll see you after the afterwards in the new year, and have a great holiday season. It's always great to talk to you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. See ya. That's Nick DiGilio. Let's get right to the legend, Orion Samuelson. Here's your agribusiness. Good morning. Grain and soybean futures backed off yesterday as the markets paused after rallying this week on the demand hopes fueled by that U.S.-China trade agreement announced last Friday. The long-awaited agreement included a Chinese commitment to expand purchases of U.S. farm products. However, traders are cautious about projections from Washington that deals will reach 40 to $50 billion within two years. That would be compared with $24 billion before the trade dispute, and one analyst said the trade is becoming less convinced that China could double their buying from the U.S. in the next two years. So a lot of red on the grain screen yesterday. The March wheat contract down eight and a half cents a bushel. March corn down three cents. January soybeans down a penny and a half a bushel. Livestock futures yesterday. Live cattle futures backed off contract highs. And at the end of the day yesterday, the uh, live cattle contract for December was up a quarter, but other months traded lower. And January feeder cattle down 55 cents. The April lean hog contract down 27 cents. We're still waiting for the House vote to approve the Canada-U.S.-Mexico trade agreement, but with the impeachment hearings, it may be a while before we see that approval. And let me mention some IAA Foundation scholarships that are now available, and that comes from the Illinois Farm Bureau, the IAA Foundation, which is the charitable arm of Farm Bureau. Get details on the IAA Foundation website. That's Ag Biz. Have a great day. I'm Orion Samuelson. Thank you, Big O. Uh, you know, uh, we'll have much more on the Trump impeachment after uh, 6 o'clock this morning and throughout the show. Uh, the concern over the holidays is the same as over Thanksgiving, is nobody wants to talk politics, except that one person in your family who does, and then a big family fight starts. So the people at uh, Amazon who made Alexa are trying to help you out with a new feature they did a study, and you know how the studies are, Dave. I love the studies. Yes, you and uh, Big O both. <clears throat> Research by a firm found that relatives are most prone to arguments at 6.30 on Christmas Day. You think about it. You spent Christmas Day together. It's now 6.30. You're sick of each other. Well, I thought you were talking about 6.30 in the morning. I'm, that's. I thought that kind of is a warm and fuzzy kind of it should time. should be. Right? should be. No, this is 6.30 in the evening. So Alexa's been programmed to jump in with questions that will create less heated conversation. So all you would have to do is say the name of your device and uh, do you have any questions or uh, how about some questions? And the questions would come up safe questions like what would your superpower be and why? And is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Discuss. Oh, so she's going to change the subject. That's it. She's got, not going to say like, "Why are you? Where are you channeling this anger?" <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. You know, it's not <laughs> just therapy. To, just to get... not yet, anyway. 
That's so funny, because 6.30 at night, that's usually when all the women, probably in my family, are in the kitchen doing the dishes. So weird conversations always erupt in the kitchen doing the dishes. Why aren't the men in there? I don't know. It's just never been... We kind of don't like them in there. We kind (laughs) of like to have our own time. You know, we're cleaning up. Get out. You're no good at it. You slow the whole thing down. Yeah, it's kind of a little more... uh, We have a fun time. Well, as long as it's your choice. Yeah. Um, the, the, the problem with this theory, I think, is obvious, Steve, and that is that um, if you're really cranked up for an argument, the last thing you want to talk about is if Die Hard's a Christmas movie because Alexa told you to. I mean, your response would be, Alexa, shut up. Yeah, and then it's going to start another fight. <laughs> then you're going to have a fight with Alexa. Yeah. So I don't see that. She's it's always entertaining. All right, now Steve Gazanich is here for the weekly Associated Bank Thought Leader Conversation. We're here this morning with Brett McKittrick, who's an SVP and senior HR consultant at Associated Benefits and Risk Consulting, which is part of Associated Bank. Brett, good morning. Welcome back. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. I want to talk with a couple of uh, stories that have been in the news that I think employers and employees are uh, chatting about. And this is one that I find interesting because there is a little bit of nuance going on. There's some new rules for overtime. The uh, When uh, a a worker has to be paid for overtime and how much they make. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about this. Sure, and this is pretty groundbreaking. The Department of Labor, beginning January 1st, 2020, the Department of Labor has issued a new rule that could affect how companies pay employees. So what that rule affects is people who are considered to be exempt employees. And when I say exempt, I mean exempt from the Fair Labor Standards Act overtime rules. So basically, the default is an employer must pay a person overtime if they work more than 40 hours a week. There's some exceptions to that rule if a employee is classified as an exempt worker, exempt from that overtime rule in essence. So to be an exempt worker, it might be by definition, like a lawyer or a mm-hmm. teacher, professionals are always considered exempt. Other types of workers are based, or excuse me, considered exempt based on how much they make in a year or in a week time. So for instance, a machine operator for a, um, for a company, no matter how much they make, they're always going to be considered non-exempt, sort of an hourly worker, if you will, and subject to overtime. But that machine operator's boss, that supervisor, based on the definition of what they do and how much they get paid, could be considered exempt. The law that is changing, or what the law is changing, is that minimum salary threshold that an employer must pay a person to be exempt. Right now, it sits at 23660 bucks a year. It's raising around 12000 bucks to $35,568 a year, which is a significant change. Well, well, now, so will more people be included in that? Is that the net result of this? That is. So employers have one of two decisions to make and make very quickly. And I'm sure many have already made this, or hopefully so, since this takes effect in a couple of weeks. But you either need to raise a person's salary if you don't want to... Um, if you don't want them to be subject to the overtime rules. So in essence, hey, we're working this person 50 hours a week and we don't want to pay them overtime, but we're only paying them 30 grand a year. So we need to raise that person's salary. Or the alternative is reclassify that person, start keeping track of their hours, which is a real pain if you're not used to doing that for that type of position, and actually count them for overtime. So you can think of some of the industry, especially in the hospitality world, the assistant manager of a small hotel or a restaurant would fit right in here. Let's talk about something uh, that's in the news. Um, uh, the, the vaping uh, story has been one that has been uh, 
out there a lot. And I guess the question is, how is this being handled in the workplace? Are people who vape allowed to do that inside buildings? Is it being treated just like smoking or not? Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, different states have different rules on this. And actually, in the state of Illinois, there is a uh, there is a public space vaping law that's sitting in the Senate right now. I think it's kind of stalled the last I, I looked into it. Um, so there may be a ban or at least a partial prohibition on, on vaping in public places. But right now, in essence, employers can prohibit someone from vaping on site based just like they can prohibit someone from smoking on site or being drunk or consuming alcohol mm-hmm. on site. However, what an employer can't do is discriminate against you if you choose to vape, just like you choose to drink, for instance, alcohol, on your own time. You know, Illinois, just like most states, have uh, laws that protect people from using lawfully protected products, and vaping is certainly one of those. Um, so um, are you still allowed to have a vape break then? You, it's not really your time then, is it? Well, that's exactly right. And so how are companies handling this? Maybe because we've seen a decrease in smoking, cigarette smoking, uh, tobacco, but we've seen an uptick in this. Will they have ves- designated vaping areas? Sure. Yeah. Will those be outside? And they have to stay in the cold just like all the, the cigarette smokers. Maybe so. And then another HR question. We know how smokers are treated when it comes to health insurance. Are vapors tweeted, uh, treated the same way? We've not seen that yet. And I think, but don't be surprised because I think despite in the news all the all the recent tragedies we've seen with a lot of the the vaping i think it's still a little bit new from a health insurance perspective to know what the uh, adverse side effects or or health issues are with regard to vaping but it wouldn't surprise me brett how can people get a hold of you and have a one-on-one if they want sure well my email is the best way it's my first name b-r-e-t dot my last name m-c-k-i-t-r-i-c-k at associatedbank.com Thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks you. Fred McKittrick is Senior Vice President, Senior HR Consultant at Associated Benefits and Risk Consulting. He's our thought leader today. That's part of Associated Bank, by the way. And now the WGN Associated Bank Market Desk Outlook for Thursday, December the 19th. We'll get uh, interest rate and monetary policy decisions from the Bank of England and Bank of Japan today. Could impact global markets. Uh, U.S. existing home sales coming as well. We'll also get a look at the first-time uh, weekly unemployment numbers out this morning at about 7.30. Forecast to be around 235,000 claims, down from 252,000 the week before. Numbers for existing homes uh, will be sale uh, released at about 9 a.m. Chicago time. Philadelphia Fed Business Outlook surveys coming today. Also, the leading indicators, the EIA Natural Gas Report, and uh, quarterly earnings today from Nike. Just some of the things that could move the markets on Thursday, December the 19th. Show number 1,506, 320 days till Election Day. Uh, Donald Trump impeached. We'll talk about that in great detail later on in politics. Uh, There are 250 new laws in Illinois that are going into effect January 1st. Did you know that? Did not. You want to go over all of them right now? Well, do we have we have three minutes? Yeah, why not? Obviously, marijuana. We've been talking about that. Minimum wage goes up a buck to nine twenty five. Do you remember what you made in minimum wage? Yes, I do. What was it? I made, uh, well, I started out, it was under $2 mm-hmm. when I was in high school. I made two fifty an hour. I in, believe in my first minimum wage job, which would have been 1975, 76, somewhere in there, was two thirty five an hour. Yeah. My uh, first job, in, I think 1986, maybe 1985, was $5 an hour. Well, look at you, money bags. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> a new tax on parking kicks in. 
J.B. Pritzker's $45 billion rebuild Illinois infrastructure tax, 6% daily, 9% monthly tax on garage and lot parking, which is great because parking doesn't cost enough in Chicago right now. Uh, license plate fees. License plate fees are increasing by 50 to 151 bucks annually, depending on your vehicle. Electric vehicles going up to $248 per year uh, from $35 for two years. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's loan shark rates. Uh, Trade-in vehicle tax, that's a new thing that's happening. There's new sexual harassment, Me Too laws. Uh, Higher driving violation fines. Fine for passing a school bus with its stop sign goes from to a 300 from 150. You ought to go to jail when you do that. You pass a school bus with a stop sign out. I mean, you, you ought to, you ought to, you ought, um, that should be immediate. Don't pass go. Go to jail. Call a lawyer. That and and hawking at people who do observe the stop yeah, sign. Yeah, no kidding. Ridiculous. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, there is an ending of pay to stay in Illinois prisons. Trying to cut back on some of the uh, scandalous political behavior that continues to go on. Expanded immigration rights. There's a baby changing law. Many public restrooms now be required to have diaper changing stations. You know, it'd be great is that they're required to clean them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're a bit nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clean up after yourself, people. Yeah. Uh, more expressway cameras, which is a good idea. Uh, it makes it easier to change your name following a divorce. Uh, there are laws against uh, uh, private images posted online. This is revenge porn Illinois laws are, are, are coming to the state. And uh, laws to help prevent stalking. Uh, penalties for crimes committed in places of worship. Threats against schools goes up. And in election year, it's going to be easier for people awaiting trials in county jails to actually vote. Just a few. This is a small sample of 250 new laws coming to Illinois. Depending on how tired I am on Monday prior to the break, maybe we'll do all of them. That would be great. Fantastic idea for programming. Great day for uh, right before the holiday. Right? Yep. That's what I'm saying. You know, each year that goes by, we get more and more cool tech stuff. Do we really need a smart toilet? Anyone? Anyone? I don't think so. It depends. Is it going to be talking back to me while I'm sitting on it? or Haven't you been in here enough? Stop reading. Get out there. Live your life. Right. You're, you're, you're spending too much time in the bathroom. This is a toilet that allegedly can become a cool to, a tool to closely monitor your health. Uh, last month, a company called Kuhn and Miller published research funded by the National Institute of General Medical Sciences that showed the value of real-time urinalysis. Um, and so the idea is you tinkle, the toilet processes it, and tests it. Now, I don't know if it hooks up with a lab I'm not quite sure how this goes down, because this is the part of the story where I went, well, I'm not getting that. Uh, Medicine is reactive, often responding to complaints, said uh, the people at this particular group who designed the toilet. The scientists are designing a toilet that could be on the market within the next three to five years that will conduct medical tests while you sit or stand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you have you ever taken the uh, Colo uh, Guard? Colo Guard? No, I know about it, but no. So that would be something I could see fitting nicely in with that because you... It would take its own samples. You don't have to deal with it. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, I'm sorry about bringing this up at breakfast time, but this is a technical marvel in the making. 
that I will never have in my home. <laughs> but it's also important because telemedicine is going to be the thing of the future, uh, whether you like it or not. We're all going to be connected somehow, and that's how hospital we're going to interact with hospitals in the future. We won't even have to go there. Well, partly because there's less and less doctors, and certainly in rural areas, uh, telemedicine is going to become a real serious need because there's less doctors that to, to go around, and they're not they're not spending time in rural areas anymore. And hospitals are closing up and so on and so on. Now, there's a concern about privacy with this super smart toilet. That because you are going to be linked directly uh, to a telemed lab, when your urinalysis is done, there's a certain bit of expected privacy when you do it in person. Put the little cup in the little drawer or door, I should say. You know, you feel like the person you just talked to grabs it, takes it away and tests it. Now you're sending it uh, by net. And, uh, you know, I don't know who is going to be in the cybercrime business of hacking your analysis, but I'm sure there's somebody. Ancestry.com. <laughs> You'll end up right? having relatives. Right. From just, oh, no. Yeah, and then the privacy issue. I mean, uh, you know, what if you are on some substances that you shouldn't be on? Right. Then, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and insurance. What if you have something that uh, is a concern? And an insurance company decides that maybe you're not insurable. These are all concerns that have been brought up by the smart toilet, which, by the way, will cost between five and ten thousand dollars. Now, Ooh. when you go to the doctor to have your urinalysis, I don't believe it costs ten grand. Am I right about that? I mean, healthcare is expensive, but I don't think it's ten grand. No. So call me old fashioned. I still like peeing in a cup at the doctor's office. I'm funny that way. I'm an old school kind of guy. <laughs> this would probably uh, get rid of a lot of prenatal visits when you think about it. Because every time you go, you know, to have uh, your baby checked, you have to pee in a cup. Is that right? Every, oh, every month. Yeah. So, and you're in there for 10 minutes. They literally look at you and say, oh, everything fine? Yep. Okay, bye. So <laughs> this would probably get rid of that. Save you some time. Yeah. Uh, you know, You know where it could be helpful is with older folks who have trouble... You know, getting back and forth to the doctors, even though it's good for folks to get out of the house, obviously, but maybe that's a use for it. Again, the price point is going to be a bit of a problem yes. at five to ten thousand yeah. dollars. And I can get financing, I'm sure. Well, five to ten thousand dollars, it better come with a widescreen TV and friends. Yeah, I have a follow up question. Does it have a camera on it? Well, that would be a concern, wouldn't it? Yeah, because it. <laughs> yeah, you you have to think that there has to be some sort of monitoring on it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, that would be a problem. I don't know what you're getting for $10,000. Maybe there's a camera on it. Then it, it processes something that says, would you like a movie? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so there's your latest tech concern. It's 613. Lisa listening in uh, Minnesota this morning. Where are you in Minnesota, Lisa? Um, near Rochester. Yeah, beautiful part of the country. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. You had a thought about the smart toilet? Yes, I did. So I think the concerns about the insurance companies are definitely a valid concern. However, I work as a nurse in an emergency department, and I would say at least once a shift, I see an elderly person come in who has had a urinary tract infection, but they didn't catch it early, and it's gotten to the point where it's so severe that they've got now a kidney infection or be really serious, symptoms. Though. Yeah, very serious. And had they caught it, you know, where maybe the lab is getting these results and their doctor calls them and says, you've got a mild UTI, we'll send you the antibiotics. 
it would save for sure five to ten thousand dollars well, because by the time they get to us they're getting all those tests done that's a great point and i and i appreciate you making it you're in rochester do you work at mayo maybe maybe you can't tell me <laughs> Um, no, I mean, you know, giving out medical opinions over the years. I get it. No, no, no. I totally get it. But I appreciate you listening. Happy uh, Christmas and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yes, you too. See, that's Lisa in uh, Minnesota. So she makes a good point. Now, here's the thing I don't want when I'm sitting on the smart toilet. Yeah. A hernia check. That's, yeah. Right? Right. Right? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You know, do they have to do a fingerprint check check on the toilet to make sure it's you? Because a lot of people use your toilet. How do they know whose it is? Well, my dream would be a toilet that only I use. Yes, I was <laughs> okay. going to say, how many? <laughs> a lot? Uh, let's do these, the uh, top oh, yeah, this. Ready? <laughs> Welcome to the Top 6 of 6. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables <laughs> will be talking about today. <laughs> Item number one, Donald Trump became the third president in American history to be impeached yesterday. Uh, Almost entirely a party line vote. Former trial scheduled in January? Uh, Maybe not. Congressman Darren LaHood voted against impeachment. He will be on later this hour. Pat Brady will be on shortly as well. He's actually in California with his kids, but he's going to call in from there. It's very early. Pat's got great dedication to the show, doesn't he? He 4.30 in the morning out there. Yeah. Next, Mayor Lori Lightfoot introduced an ordinance yesterday that lays out the rules for pot consumption uh, in Chicago. Places like cigar shops, hookah lounges, and other smoke shops could allow pot use under the city proposal. This is interesting to me. Well, first off, Steve, the uh, the uh, ordinance that was pushed forward to delay the rollout of pot sales failed, right? It did, yes. So that's not going to go forward. It will start. Uh, legal ma- recreational mar- marijuana is still set to start January 1st. Um, I am a believer in the rule of law. I'm not a smoker, but smoking is legal, and I believe you ought to be allowed to smoke in smoking spaces. However, I don't like walking through a cloud of smoke when I'm walking into business if you're standing outside because they don't want you to smoke inside. And uh, I know it's not great to be ostracized out on Leper Island if you're a smoker. Um, We used to see people on the loading dock at the Tribune Tower standing in a circle shaking while they were smoking in the middle of a cold winter day. Yeah. but you're entitled to do it. I just don't want to walk through it. Nor do I want to walk through a cloud of pot smoke. So, Steve, do I understand this right? You won't be able to consume just anywhere. There's going to be no, places. You won't. you won't be actually outside. If you're thinking about doing it while you're walking down the street or you know, uh, out in front of a building, that will not be allowed. Absolutely not. Okay. Um, and then you know these companies are going to be treating this like alcohol as well. It's not like that you can go stand in front of your com- we couldn't go out in front of this building and just start downing beers. Um, we'd probably somebody would probably see that and we get in trouble for it. And I think the same thing will be it will be treated the same. Marijuana would be treated the same. And keep in mind we're in show business and we can't do that. Yeah, huh? That's the problem. Uh, next, R and B singer R Kelly made an appearance in Chicago yesterday in a courtroom to plead not guilty to criminal charges. Uh, The arraignment played out nearly two weeks after a new federal indictment in Brooklyn accused Kelly of scheming with others to pay for a fake ID for an unnamed female a day before he actually married the late singer Aaliyah in 1994 when she was 15 years old. So in other words, he had somebody dummy up uh, something that said she was of legal age. A sick dude, man. He really is. Next, Rivers Casino is expanding. Because they're going all in on sports betting, Steve. Where are we with sports betting? I mean, we're not we're not legal yet. 
No, I don't think we're legal yet, and you know they're still putting together ideas. I thought we'd be further along with this; we'd see more of this stuff happening by now. Um, but um, you know, the, the, it's a good question you ask. Where where will we start seeing this develop first? Who's going to be the industries that lead on this? Uh, good question. I have a good friend who is a very successful guy who is getting into this business, and I'm sure will be a huge success at it. And you're going to see this thing explode like crazy. I know professional teams, Dave, around the country are uh, ramping up to be able to handle this, including at the venues. The idea being that you might be able to leave your seat and go, let's say, let's say you're at a game. Let's say you're at, uh, you know, a guaranteed rate. It's a seven o'clock start. But there's a Mariners game out in Seattle that's going to start at 930. And you've decided you have some interest in betting on the Mariners game. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, you'll be able to go out to a kiosk at the park and place a, a bet on that game. Right. And, you know, one of the questions I have, too, is how uh, sportscasters like Dave are going to be involved in this. Because a lot of uh, websites that do sports now are thinking about getting into this. Will we have uh, sports journalists being on some of these betting websites? How's that going to work? Well, Dave's definitely involved in illegal activities, but not this. No, I mean, yeah, there are just legal. too many to legal. name. Right. No, I mean, I, I, it's a fair question yeah. by Steve, because, yeah. you know, where does the, where's the line drawn ethically in sports? I don't know. Well, I think you already see it. I mean, I think Comcast or uh, NBC Sports Chicago spends a couple hours every afternoon with betting information. And and a lot of the sports cable networks have gone to it. So I, I think it's it's going to become more mainstream in the media, which means people like me will be called upon to include betting information in our reports i mean it's a point spreads I mean, we already kind of do it yeah well sure forever i mean from yeah. the time you and i were kids point spreads were in the newspaper yeah so and, and with some controversy there were, there were some people sure. didn't, didn't like seeing that in there yeah, with well, the big controversy at CBS in the seventies when they hired Jimmy the Greek. Oh, absolutely, who was a bookie, and he could never. The NFL didn't want him actually using point spreads, right? So he would say uh, Philadelphia by a little bit, <laughs> right, 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 a skosh. Yes. Uh, next, uh, did I finish that story? I don't know if I did. <laughs> anyway, the uh, state's highest grossing casino is Rivers, and the first gambling mecca to receive Illinois Gambling Board approval. They're already adding slots and table games under the law that allows race casinos maximum number of gaming positions from 1,200 to 2,000. That's all at Rivers. And uh, in addition to that, the amount of money that's going to flow through sports gaming will dwarf a casino's take by exponential amounts. So people get upset about where casinos are going. This is where the majority of money is going to be spent in gambling. It's not close. Now next, FedEx FedEx shares uh, yesterday uh, had a pretty significant hit. 40% drop in FedEx profits reported. The company's been hurt by higher costs, losing a week of the holiday shopping season, and a move to cut ties with Amazon. The FedEx couldn't come to a deal with Amazon, and uh, that's a big chunk of money, too. Now, this is the type of thing that, if the government knows what they're doing, should be a boon to the post office. Because if FedEx is getting out of the Amazon business... The post office should be ready to amp up and uh, and 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 take up that slack. Yeah, and they're still making money. I think the post. Well, they say they don't, but yesterday I ma- ma- uh, mailed a package. It was thirty dollars, and that was just across that the was street. Like just a big box for postal service. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. 
Yeah, and part of this is you think they have a little bit of... They have to blame themselves for this a little bit, because how many times have you been angry at FedEx for delivering a package when you're not at home um, and not having flexible hours to Mm -hmm. deliver these packages after hours on weekends and other places when you see all these Amazon trucks out on the street all at all days of the times of the day and night? Yeah, they don't have convenient places to pick them up either. Yeah, Yeah, FedEx used to be the cool... Uh, state-of-the-art way to get packages delivered quickly. It's fast becoming uh, a dinosaur unless it catches up and catches up soon. So, And Amazon's forcing that, of course. And finally, 8-year-old Ryan Kaji. You ever heard of him? No. He's the number one earner on YouTube. Highest paid YouTuber. Made $26 million this year. No. He's how old? Eight. Come on. Eight years old. Ryan Kaji, his real name is Ryan Guan, uh, was also the highest earner in 2018 when he was seven, when he made $20 million. His channel's called Ryan's World. It was launched in 2015 when he was four. Is he, is he the one who reviews toys? Or? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have heard of him. Why does he have a different name? Well, it's, you know, stage name. Oh. You know, I mean, the kid's seven, eight. He's, he's, you know, he's savvy in show business. Uh, initially called Ryan's Toys Review, the channel mostly consisted of Ryan taking stuff out of boxes and playing with toys. Several of the videos have racked up more than a billion views. The channel's received almost 35 billion views since its creation. I just have one question. Why? <laughs> That's really your only question? This is like the channel where you watch people eat. Yeah. Why? I, 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 this is not old man talk here. I don't get it. How much time do you have in your day to uh, to be clicking around and, and watch the little kid open toys or watching people eat seafood? I don't get it. And how many parents of small children now do you think are putting their kids in front of a camera and put a box in front right. of Right. Yeah, it's not even a how-to. I, you know, if it was, it makes sense. But. but I bet you could borrow the money for a smart toilet from him. Now, second place, Dude Perfect. You know, what Dude Perfect is yes. It's a group of friends from Texas who attempt seemingly impossible feats, like launching basketballs into hoops from the top of buildings and out of helicopters. Dude Perfect came in second. They earned twenty million in the uh, past year. Third place, another child star channel. That's a Russian child named Anastasia Radzinskaya, five years old. She earned $18 million. Her channels, like Nastya Vlog and Funny Stacy, have 70 million subscribers with videos in Russian, English, and Spanish. I don't know what she does on there. I just know it must be adorable. <laughs> who are the guys we had in here? Who are the YouTube stars who were doing like a live appearance at Allstate Arena? Remember a few months ago? Yeah, they... The, they were called the Irish Brothers, right? Yeah, they sold out Allstate Arena. Yeah. And, and by the way, they don't have an act. They do videos, and they, they, they didn't really they have a show. They get kicked out of Walmart and stuff, right? Right. right. They've stayed all night in a Target and got kicked out. I, 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 I don't know. We need to think know. about this, Steve. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we could do a thing. Old guys. Old, old guys uh, yeah. sleeping old guys, in old, old guys old sleeping in recliners. <laughs> I can nap in my car and just videotape. Car naps. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's a channel. Yes. You know, there's a new TV thing. You know, My Pimple Popper, that hideous, horrific show that people watch. Is it on Lifetime, maybe? That's so disgusting. It's a, it's a doctor that deals with horrific pimples and things on people's bodies. 
From the people that brought you that, I saw a promo for this last night. My 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 feet, my I think it's called my aching feet. It's nasty feet, and what happens to nasty feet on camera? People have feet, feet fetishes. Ugh, God. Uh, Lady Vivian, what's the name of these guys? The Ireland Boys? The Ireland Boys, yes. The Ireland Boys. My mistake. Okay. Uh, listen, if your kid's spending time doing a good job in school, yell at them and tell them to come up with a YouTube act immediately. We'll grab Pat uh, Brady here in just a segment. Steve just told me some breaking news off the air, and that is? Uh, and that is Mark Meadows, who uh, is uh, one of uh, President Trump's allies on Capitol Hill. One of the biggest Congress, supporters. Uh, has announced this, uh, he will not be seeking re-election. Uh, he issued a statement uh, saying that uh, he has uh, come to this decision after a discussion with his family. Um, but there is a report in The Hill uh, that he may uh, be going to work for the president, uh, President Trump in some fashion after he uh, leaves the House. So again, Mark Meadows, the Republican, uh, not uh, seeking re-election in Congress. Let's go to Pat Brady, live from California, where he was allegedly on a break till I woke him up at 4.30 in the morning. Hi, buddy. Hey, good morning. How you doing? What do you make of that Mark Meadows story? Oh, man, the Republicans, unfortunately, were losing a lot. A lot of people retiring, deciding not to run again. Uh, so, But it is surprising that, the, that Meadows has been the president's biggest cheerleader, uh, is not running again. But like Steve just reported, maybe he's going to get a big cabinet job. But, you know, those things tend not to end well either. So, uh, surprising. Big uh, story uh, yesterday because impeachment's a big deal. Obviously, there's your understatement of the year. Uh, it will hang around Trump's neck for as long as he's alive. But did anything really change? No, I watched every minute of the debates yesterday, and I don't think anybody's opinion changed. If you didn't like Trump going in, you still don't like him. If you like him, you still like him. So all that debate didn't really didn't really change anything. And now there's a big fight over whether or not. Speaker Pelosi is going to move the articles over to the Senate, and uh, that'll be another debate today. Uh, isn't this leverage? Isn't she trying to buy a little leverage for Schumer when he deals with Mitch McConnell about where this goes? I think that uh, she doesn't have much leverage. I, I think this is a mistake. And she's very smart, but I think this is a mistake by her to do this because the Democrats all along have been saying, you know, we're not going to go through the court battle for these witnesses that won't testify because we want this done quickly. Now we're going to delay it till we get what we want. The Senate's got the right to make its own rules. I, I just don't think she's got leverage here. I think McConnell's just going to ignore her. I heard a rumor that if someone in the Senate, a Republican senator, makes a motion to dismiss uh, and it's seconded, there wouldn't even be a trial. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, I heard that again this morning. I, I believe that is accurate. Yeah, they, they can do whatever they want. It's just a, it's a political calculation now on what's best for either side, at least their view on how they're going to do this. And, and as much as the president says he wants a full trial on witnesses, that's the last thing he wants. I think they just want this done. But a motion to dismiss would be an outrage for the fact that at least 50% of the country, depending on the poll that you look at, maybe more, believe that the process is important and needs to go through. Who would have the stones to do that? Would McConnell even want that? No, they wouldn't want that at all. There is another rule that I was just reading this morning that if four members of the majority, being the Republicans, go to McConnell and say, hey, we want to, the Democrats to be included in the in the rulemaking process, that they can force that hand, too. But I just don't think anybody's going to do it. It's all a political calculation now, and, and people are going to do what they have to do to protect their reelection. That's This is 100% politics now. 
the senators, of course, are six-year terms, so they maybe have the time to burn off an association with Trump if it turns out to be a losing association. Uh, if it turns out that Trump has changed the party forever, they could have made the absolute right choice. What's your gut feel? Uh, long term, I think for the Republican Party, this the lockstep with the president on this is a, is a long term mistake in that you've got 35, 36 percent of the people that just support him no matter what. But you need a bigger party than that. You need more people to win elections. And in Illinois, for example, the two congressional districts we lost, the president is very unpopular, particularly with suburban women. So long term for the Republican Party and, and, and its candidates. I think it's it's a mistake. Um, you're there. You're elected to serve the people, not a political party or a president. So uh, I may be wrong on this, but as I, I've always wondered what the Republican Party is going to look like after Trumpism, because he's not a conservative. We're supposed to be the conservative party. Um, he does a lot of things that aren't traditional Republican things. And I don't know what happens if he when he if he loses in 2020 or 2024, what happens to the party. But I don't think losing women and other groups that we need to grow the party is a good thing. Congressman Darren LaHood's coming up. You want to hang with me and talk to him? Oh, he's the best. Yeah, I love Darren. Absolutely. All right. (laughs) Stand by, punchy. I've said from the beginning of this process, impeachment is and should be the nuclear option reserved for the most treasonous activity and the most serious activity. Clearly, that has been not met here. As I've reviewed the facts and evidence as a former federal prosecutor, I've read the transcripts. I've watched the hearings. I've read the whistleblower report. That has not been met here. In addition, This process has lacked fairness, due process, and transparency. We shouldn't be here tonight doing this. This is a travesty. Congressman Darren LaHood yesterday, he voted against impeachment, uh, as you can hear, the passion in describing there. Pat Brady, you still with me? I'm still with you. All right, let me go to Congressman LaHood here. Good morning, Congressman. Hey, Steve. Great to be on with you and your listeners, along with Pat Brady. And Pat, you get first crack here, and thank you for that, Darren. Hey, Derek, I was flipping through the uh, internet this morning, and I flashed back to 94, and I see a picture of a, a of a guy presiding over the hearing. It was your dad. Yep, uh, 20 years ago today is when that happened. And, and did he offer any advice? I mean, I know they're two very different uh, situations, but did you talk to him about it? Well, sure. I mean, when I talked to him about the entire impeachment process, what he said is be very careful about uh, going through impeachment because it really does paralyze the country and it, it you know it, it it grinds government to a halt and and causes lots of issues to happen and so he said just be very cautious and careful uh before you, you go down this road of impeachment so yesterday um we saw a day-long process and maybe you could explain to people why this has to happen where each republican that stood up essentially said the same thing as a Republican before. Each Democrat said essentially the same thing as a Democrat before. Why the repetitive nature of that? I mean, I know we have access to see stuff we don't normally see in 2019, but there was a redundancy to yesterday that seemed like it was mind-boggling. Yep, I I agree with you. Uh, uh, And and I think part of that is everybody wants to have their say. Everyone wants to have their 30 seconds or one minute or two minutes to express their opinion. People are passionate about this issue, as you saw from the speeches and the the talks yesterday. But everybody wanted to have their their say in, in this impeachment process. And remember, Steve, 
this process for, for most of the beginning of it was under behind closed doors in the Intelligence Committee. If you didn't serve on the Judiciary Committee, you didn't have a say, you weren't a part of it. So really yesterday was the only time for the, the, the broader group of members, the 435, to have a say with it. I, I think it was too long. Six hours of debate was, was uh, probably a bit repetitive. Uh, but in the end, uh, it, you know, the process was completed and, and we had the vote. Uh, Pat Brady. Yeah, hey, Darren, after all this rancor and all we see, seems like everybody's fighting, you got to go back to work today. I mean, can, can you, and I've always thought that you guys get along a lot better behind the scenes than we see on TV. Can you go back to work today and work with the other side? Well, absolutely. Today on the floor, uh, the USMCA will be voting on the largest trade agreement in our history with Mexico and Canada. That was started in my committee, the Ways and Means Committee. I've been working on this in a bipartisan way. We marked it up the other day in committee. So, you know, we'll have two hours of debate on that. Uh, this is good for America. It's good for Illinois. Forty percent of the products we grow, produce, or manufacture are, are from uh, Illinois. Go to Mexico and Canada. So, you know, we gotta we got to pivot quickly. And, and listen, that's what my constituent wants, want, want us to do, Pat. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I wish we hadn't gone through this impeachment process. What I've said is... Literally, impeachment in our Constitution, it is the nuclear option. So you better have something very treasonous, really high criminal activity to do that. In less than nine months in Illinois, you can go early vote. You may not like Trump. You may think you may not like his unconventional style. You may want to beat him. But let's let the voters decide that, not 535 partisan members of Congress. And, and, and let the, the people decide that. You know, and I think that's the approach we should have taken here instead of this, uh, you know, two months of impeachment, which, uh, you know, we, we're not able to pass an infrastructure bill. We're not bringing down the high cost of prescription drugs. We're not fighting the opioid epidemic. What, what would you have done in regards to a censure if censure had been an option? Well, I, listen, I would have loved to have seen that. I would have loved to have seen other options. I think lots of members wanted to, to do that. And, and that, that, wasn't, that wasn't a part of this. And again, it, it, it goes back to what many of us have thought all along when you look at the, the, the fact that many of these partisan Democrats have been fixated on bringing down the president from the, the beginning, from 2016. And so I, I wish there would have been more options. We'll, we'll see what happens in the Senate, Steve, from here. But again, I think, um, again, was this impeachable conduct? In my review of the transcripts and the whistleblower report and all of the evidence, I, I just don't think it rose to that level. Again, it may have been inappropriate, unconventional, but it was an impeachment. You have a difficult task in that you're a part of the House and every two years you have to run for election again. Uh, it's important to have an incumbent president help out. Last night in Michigan, he took a Trump-like swat at uh, Congresswoman Dingell, who lost her husband recently. If you could get to the president and have a conversation about that, what would you advise him on? Well, listen, that's not language I would have used. Uh, I think uh, I, I did not hear that that quote. I read a little bit about this morning. It's it's a bit disheartening. That's not what I stand for as a Republican. It's not what I stand for as an elected official. I think we ought to stay away from that type of language. Yeah, and it's also, you know, to be crass, it's it's not helpful politically. The decency part of it, I think, is obvious, and uh, he doesn't do himself any favors. Uh, Congressman Darren LaHood uh, from the 18th, I appreciate you jumping on. I know how busy this is. Well, thanks, Steve. Great to be on with you guys, and Merry Christmas to both of you. Thanks. And, Merry uh, Christmas, Darren. And uh, Pat Brady, uh, you will now spend some time with your kids on the West Coast where it's 70 and sunny, and I couldn't be more bitter. 
Uh, you know, actually, I'm driving home today. I'm going to go skiing. Oh, well. Yes. So if you don't see me, I'm stuck somewhere. You know, <laughs> at your age, I'd be careful. Uh, yeah, I am the oldest guy up there, I guarantee you. It's not a... I got a sled, though. Broken bones don't heal as fast as they used to. <laughs> Uh, All right. Merry Christmas, guys. Yes, I'll talk to you soon. But uh, publicly, uh, Merry Christmas, and thanks for all the help on the show. Thank you. See you. There you go. That's Pat Brady, who can't wait to get in his car and drive to Colorado. The guy loves to drive. Loves it. He drives across the country for a good time. You know, I, 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 I don't mind a long car trip, but... There's something wrong with Pat. It's uh, 6.54. Let's uh, take a break and come back and continue. The Northwestern Medicine Newsroom is where Steve will be at 7. The Debbie Dingell thing I was mentioning is the congresswoman who took over for her late husband, and the president was in Michigan, Dingell State, last night at a rally and uh, uh, took really a a fairly vicious uh, cheap shot, in my words, uh, at uh, Congresswoman Dingell. CNN just had Congresswoman Dingell on. My daughter just told me this. Uh, Amy Cochran, ace reporter for the program, and uh, and 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 had her on while they played the clip, which seems almost. I mean, it, there's a there's an insensitive part to that as well. So I don't know. Everybody needs to grow up. Uh, it's a uh, six fifty seven, and uh, and this this Saturday, Eddie Murphy's back on Saturday Night Live. Before I get to that, let's talk about some other funny. The Rouse Center and the Tivoli. It's a day night doubleheader, Dave, on New Year's Eve. Thanks to the people. At uh, Team Hochberg, David Hochberg and company. This is a not a straight double header though. This would be a day night double header. We clear the crowd and then bring in a new crowd. The house, even though it's two different houses. (laughs) You know, in the old days, we would have just done a standard double header, Dave. But things change. RouseCenter.com. If you folks in and around Crystal Lake or want to uh, go to the beautiful theater in Crystal Lake, where we've done shows for years. R-A-U-E Center dot org. I'm sorry, not dot com dot org. RouseCenter dot org. Uh, but uh, at the uh, Tivoli in Downers Grove, a beautiful theater where we've done our New Year's Eve show the last several years. This is New Year's Eve for people that can't stay awake until midnight. Show starts at 7. We'll make you laugh. You'll have a great time. And you'll be home by 10, 10.30. I mean, at the latest. You get up the next day, you tell people, ooh, I tore it up last night. And the truth is, you were out for New Year's Eve. You won't be lying. New Year's Eve, good time. Stand-up comedy. Oh, and my annual year in review, where I pull what little hair I have left out, trying to figure out how to make another tough news year funny. Uh, John DeCoste will be there. Brilliant John DeCoste. Tim Walco, Mike Toomey, Tim Benker. One of the great Chicago stand-ups right there. And, uh, and me. I'll be on stage with these guys, and we'll all be making you laugh. I think I'd like to come this year. Which show? Which guy put you down for, Dave? Well, probably the early one. The one o'clock show. Yeah. Yeah, because you have things going on that evening, I know. So, Dave, I've got you down uh, for what? 20? 15. 15. Okay, yeah. 15. All right, excellent. Thank you for that, Dave. One, one friend doesn't have a date. <laughs> Stan, you know what they say about the 15th wheel, 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com, connection with Team Hochberg. Our New Year's Eve Cochrane Comedy Tour, sponsored by Team Hochberg. And don't forget, Dave Hochberg, you know Dave, he's got his own show coming up after the new year following Lou Manfredini on Saturday mornings. We'll talk more about that with him when he's around here later this morning. Thank you, Team Hochberg, and uh, thank you to everybody that's coming out New Year's Eve. RouseCenter.org. ClassicCinemas.com slash Steve. We'll see you for New Year's Eve.
All right, uh, stand by now. The president is going to be calling after the news. And the news is now at 7 o'clock on WGN. I want to wish uh, Mary Dixon all the best at WXRT. I, I don't know that I've ever even met Mary, but she's been there forever. And uh, Intercom, the company that owns WXRT, has moved her out in a shift shift. Um, our pal Lynn Bramer, one of the best guys in this business ever, is moving to middays because he's tired of getting up at the crack of dawn when he goes out to concerts at night. Can't imagine that. And it's just, it makes complete sense. If I could move this show to noon, I'd do it tomorrow. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm not sure who is doing the morning show uh, after this. I don't know that I know. But uh, we'll get that information, and I uh, just want to wish Lynn the best. We love Lynn. He's a good man. Yeah, no question about it. Later, loser. Oh, oh Richard Milne's going to be moving tomorrow. Later, good loser. Good luck with that, Richard. Later, loser. I, I'm almost afraid to answer. Later, loser. All right, all right I'll, get it, I'll get it, I'll get Later, it. Later, loser. <clears throat> uh, President Trump, hello, sir. Hello, Cochran. Hey, before we get started, just to be completely inclusive, I'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Nice. And if you're Jewish, a happy Shaka Khan. <laughs> and if you're African-American, a very joyous Kiwanis Club to you and yours. I, I believe you're at Kwanzaa? That's what I said. Oh, okay. hey, here's a fun fact for your listeners. You know, since this whole impeachment nonsense, you know, just came up, my poll numbers have actually gone up, if you look. Lots of people are telling me this. Mm-hmm. Through the roof. Key battleground states, it's through the roof, mm-hmm. way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've gone up so much, even Cory Booker is saying, hey, can I be impeached? <laughs> that actually, in a weird way, makes sense. You could sense. use some. Yeah. You could use some yeah, you could. yeah, you could. Listen, you're the, only third, you're only the third president in American history to be impeached. I mean, that's not good. How does it make you feel? You know, frankly, I could care less. I'm not worried about impeachment. You know, I've survived much worse, like sharing a stage with Crooked Hillary, spending several weeks shooting Celebrity Apprentice with Gary Busey, or standing behind Chris Christie in the buffet line in the Mar-a-Lago dining room. Ooh. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I had the strangest dream last night about this impeachment stuff. It's given me a lot of confidence to move forward. And, you know, here's the best part. I actually managed to record it. Oh, hold on, sir. Did you say you recorded your dream? Don't ask questions, Cochran. Here, take a listen to this. Oh, Donald, Donald, President Donald Trump. This is former President Richard Nixon, also known by my other name, the ghost of impeachment's past. Uh, By the way, you will be visited by one other. Hey, is that my cue to come in? Hey, Donald, it's Bill Clinton. No, not yet, Bill. I'm in the middle of my shtick. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. But real quick, how can I be a ghost if I'm still alive? Now, let's not overanalyze this. It's theater of the mind, Bill. Now, look, Donald, just know that I'm so proud of you for sticking to your guns and defying Congress. Yeah, with my impeachment, I didn't defile Congress, just a White House intern. Defy, Bill. Different word. Oh. Anyway, Donald, there was supposed to be a third ghost, but the guy on the phone doesn't do an Andrew Johnson impression to save his life. So keep the faith, my boy. (laughs) Bye-bye, Donald. (laughs) Wow. Wasn't that the craziest dream, Cochran? That is unbelievable. So vivid. Yes, very. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Thank you for sharing it with us. My pleasure. <laughs> now, speaking of the House Democrats, you said Speaker Nancy Pelosi a six-page letter the other day criticizing her and the whole process. And before that, you made some you, you, you tweeted about her teeth for crying out loud. Explain that. 
I typed the letter in eight font just to drive her nuts. <laughs> You know, I was looking out for Nasty Nancy with the teeth thing. You know, if she does lose them, then maybe she can borrow some from Sleepy Joe. You know, have you seen him smile? He's got a few extra to spare. Mm-hmm. Now, look, in all fairness, I feel bad for Nancy Polly Griposi, okay? <laughs> I feel bad for her. It's got to be incredibly difficult at her age to keep those chicklets secure at all times. <laughs> well, look, uh, Kellyanne Conway's husband, George Conway, is after you, too. He launched a super PAC with some other never-Trumpers, and the sole purpose is to defeat you. You know, if George Conway's going to launch a super PAC to defeat anything, it should be carbs. Seriously. This super PAC is going to be a huge failure, just like George. I mean, have you seen Conway lately? <laughs> if George was smart, he'd attempt to do things he'd be successful at, like be a mall Santa. <laughs> Listen, uh, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Christmas will be here in just a week. I don't know if you have your shopping done. What are you getting, everybody? It's very exciting time. The magic is in the air. You know, I'm having a really hard time coming up with what to get people this year. I mean, I've had, like, what, three different shopping interns? They're horrible. Horrible. Mm-hmm. They had absolutely no idea how to think like me and pick out the most appropriate presents to make me look like I care. How hard can that be? How hard can that be? But, yeah, to answer your question, I'm all done. Let's go through the list. First, I got a beautiful First Lady Melania, a pair of Tiffany's earrings. Well, I'll score some points, right? Well, they're not from the famous jewelry store. These are actual earrings my daughter Tiffany left here when I kicked her out after being an embarrassment to our family. Well, well, all right. Who else? I got my beautiful daughter Ivanka, a Brazilian. What? Excuse me? Steakhouse gift card. Yeah. There's a place in West Palm she likes to go to. And I got my good buddy Rudy Giuliani, a password-enabled screen protector, so he doesn't butt-dial any more fake news reporters. Sure, sure. I'm also getting Mike Pence some of my bronzer and my hair dye, you know, because even I think he's too white. Well, listen, as- sir. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Vice President. Aside from golf, any other plans while you're in Florida over the holidays? Yes. You know, I'm actually looking forward to taking Baron to see the new Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, just him and me. Do a little father-son bonding over cheering for the good guys like Kylo Ren in the First Order Mm -hmm. as they defeat the evil Jedis. (laughs) It's going to be tremendous. All right, finally, before you go, uh, special family Trump traditions. Anything you want to share with the audience? I'm glad you asked that. The Trumps have lots of traditions. Like, let me tell the Chicagoans about it. On Christmas Eve, after dinner, we all gather around the opulent gold living room fireplace at (laughs) Mar-a-Lago, where we have our butler with the funny British accent do an oral reading of Art of the Deal. (laughs) And then after that, because I'm a wonderful father, I generously let each of my children open one deep, uh, rooted emotional wound before the big day. I mean, the looks on their faces are priceless. It's really really special being a parent and a grandparent. Hey, sir, thanks. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And here's to a more peaceful new year. God bless us, everyone, loser. (laughs) Pat Brady's on the West Coast. Eric Edelstein's in some mysterious travel uh, assignment of some kind. Uh, Only true friends show up. Only true friends show up. Bridget Gaynor's here. Right. But you got me a bottle of breakfast wine. I did. So I feel like... Does it go with your lunch and dinner wine? (laughs) You know, uh, you have a Cook County board meeting today, don't you? I do have a Cook County board meeting today. I think I just did you a favor. So what do you have to accomplish at the board meeting? Uh, we're voting on, we just did, you know, kind of a bond refunding. It's pretty straightforward stuff, end of the year. The, uh, do you get a preview of what the meeting's about? Or oh, does, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, everything's out publicly. We're looking at some new rules around the inspector general, um, you know, kind of regular stuff. How long do these board meetings go? You know, I, 
they can go in maybe two hours because we do all the committee meetings well, beforehand. No, I thought you were going to tell bad. me all but day. We have three days in a row. So there's a Forest Preserve meeting on Tuesday. Then yesterday we have the consent calendar. We honored Sister Rosemary um, from Misericordia. She's been a nun Very nice. uh, for 70 years yeah. and at, at Misericordia. And, yeah, and you think that's worthy of an honor? I, well, <laughs> you know. I mean, I was like, isn't 75 a rounder number? Right, but, right, right. She's barely out of yeah. probation. Exactly right. Um, and then today we have the board meeting. So... It'll, you know, it's good. You got some good stuff on there. That's good. That's yeah, good. That's and uh, and uh, we'll find out about your big holiday plans coming. Up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you heard, Christmas is right around the corner. Are you shopping then? Ah, uh, ish. You know, my sisters are. We, we all exchange gifts. You got nine hundred people in your family. Do you buy I have for everybody? Four sisters. We exchange gifts with each other, and as we always say, it's the most fun to buy for them. With your kids, it's always tough because I think you have everything. What 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 am I possibly thinking? Right. You know. Have you thought about possibly taking one thing away each Christmas <laughs> since you get so much during the year? Yeah, we're going to do it differently this year. Yeah, it's a new system. Yeah, it's going to be about all about me for Christmas. Right. Yeah. Now, do you realize next year at this time your son will be coming home from college? I know. I know. I still haven't convinced him to stay at home. Although U of I is like moving itself up in the rankings. So oh, I'm good. feeling good about that. Yes. I feel like that's a commute, though. <laughs> If he's got an 8 o'clock class, that's not going to be easy. Right, but I can go down for lunch. Ah, that's the way I fantastic. look at that. You know, hey, I got a free couple of hours. My daughter was at Illinois Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. I went down for lunch or dinner at least every two weeks. Absolutely. He's yeah. super psyched about that idea. Yeah. Because it's not just me. My mom could go down for lunch. Fantastic. My sisters. All five of my sisters and I went to U of I. So. Well, how does he think if he's uh, somewhere else, you're not going to show up for lunch or dinner? <laughs> Yeah, could well, be at the know, University of Hawaii. <laughs> he knows us well enough to know that's always going to be in the program. Congressman Dan Lipinski, uh, you heard uh, Congressman Darren LaHood before the top of the hour. Congressman Dan Lipinski voted for impeachment. Talked to him before the show, and uh, he had said, look, not an easy decision. I thought it was very important to keep an open mind on this. Impeachment and removal of a president is one of the most solemn things, most important things that uh, I could deal with as a, uh, a member of Congress. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at the evidence, paid attention to the testimony, looked at the history of, of impeachment, and really at the House of Representatives. I used to be an American government uh, professor before I ran for Congress. Mm-hmm. And the, the House of Representatives essentially acting as a grand jury. is The question is, are we going to send this, the article of impeachment, to the Senate for a trial? And two articles uh, were produced. We voted on two articles, and the first one was abuse of power. And I think you can reasonably infer from the evidence that was presented that President Trump abused his power by withholding aid from Ukraine to coerce, try to coerce them to help him politically. I think that is clearly an abuse of power. Now, I would like to had more direct testimony from people in the White House. We'd like to get documents from the, the White House, the executive branch, so that we had a more clear understanding of the president's direct actions on this, what the president did. So we'd know better his his guilt or, or his innocence, but the president refused to cooperate. And therefore, I think it is reasonable to infer that the president did do this. It was important to vote for impeachment. And obstruction of Congress, does it come down to simply ignoring subpoenas and not uh, going along with the legal process as it's laid out, no matter which party is up for uh, potential charges? The second article impeachment is obstruction of Congress. The president refused to... uh, He told everyone in the White House and the executive branch to ignore subpoenas, 
to testify, to not turn over any documents, uh, not giving any kind of legal reason for that. It was just blanket. He said, do not cooperate. Uh, Congress has given up way too much power to presidents through the years. It has gotten worse and worse. I think it's important for Congress to, to stand up. Congress, according to the Constitution, sets the rules when it comes to impeachment proceedings. Uh, I've had this discussion. I've had this discussion with uh, colleagues of mine on both sides of the floor uh, about this, this issue. But I think it's really important for Congress not to cede more authority to the president. And therefore, I, I think it was important to, you know, vote for impeachment on obstruction of, of, of Congress. Also, and I don't care what party a president is from. Congress needs to step up. Congress is. Especially the House. It's the people's house. We are closest to our constituents. And we, our, our country was set up for the legislative branch, for Congress, to really be the lead. And unfortunately, presidents have gotten more and more powerful, and I think that's been a detriment of our country and our democracy. And as a co-equal branch, if you don't stand up and fight for being a co-equal branch, then you get run over. It sounds like in summation, uh, Congressman Lipinski, it's certainly not votes that you were happy to make, but uh, your conscience told you you had to make them. Uh, presented with the, with the evidence and the uh, votes occurring right now, uh, I thought it was uh, important and uh, clear that uh, to support uh, impeachment, uh, we are sending this over to the Senate for trial, and I'm hopeful that uh, there are more witnesses who, who testify. But uh, I just wish, as I said, that uh, the House had taken more time mm-hmm. and tried to compel uh, witnesses with more direct testimony to, to come forward. Uh, and I, I think that uh, the way things look right now, if the Senate trial goes as we expect that it will, uh, I think President Trump, Maybe come out of this uh, stronger than ever, uh, be able to claim exoneration. It was a witch hunt. It was a hoax. And uh, I think that, you know, that is going to be bad for, for our country. Yeah, of course, you could make the counter argument, too, that uh, those who firmly believe in the president's behavior will believe in it no matter what. So time will tell. Nonetheless, Congressman Lipinski, uh, good luck in the third. And we appreciate your time. And we'll do it again. And obviously, uh, happy holidays to everybody in your family. Thank you. Happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy and healthy New Year. And by the way, if you want to hear what Congressman LaHood said, that'll be podcast after the show as part of the, the full show and separately as well. Bridget Gannon, did you see any of the impeachment vote? I did. I did. It was historic, even if it was anticlimactic. You, you know, there was something about it that was mesmerizing. It was. It, it had a lot more formality than I thought it would be after the raucousness of the hearings. There was a comment on Twitter, and it said, well, now Trump has finally won a popular vote. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't tragic. Maybe not helpful, yeah. but it is funny. Yeah. No, I mean, it was, you know, I, I think that... Uh, Nancy Pelosi handled it with a amount of you know seriousness and sobriety, and now the big question is just how the Senate will pick it up. What will look like? Will there be witnesses? Will it be in and out and we're done? And you know what happens? Well, I, I don't know. I'd be confused if they said this is an unfair process in the House. You didn't let us have any witnesses, and then you went to the Senate and you said nobody gets any witnesses. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of consistency there. Now you know it's interesting when you have to 
so my daughter is in sixth grade and mm-hmm. she had to read a they gave them all different articles and you had to decide if it was an opinion article or just a fact article it's a good exercise and then because um, she, she got one that was very opinionated and had to decipher and she had to explain the impeachment process and how it worked and I have to say it, you know it's like that show describe it to a fifth grader like mm-hmm. it, it was actually you know the idea that just because first of all even if they pass impeachment he doesn't have to leave right you know I mean like there are all these things that have kind of been glossed over in the process but the whole idea of right uh, Republicans got shot out of witnesses. Now our Democrats going to get a shot out of witnesses. And my point to her was, look, there are benefits to winning. You know, when you run an election and more people vote for you, you get choices. And that's what the choices are. Was it? Um, I don't remember who it was. A famous humorist. Um, democracy is the best, worst kind of government you could possibly yeah. have. Yeah. Seven thirty-one. We got to get to the news more with Bridget Gaynor coming. Will up. Rogers. <clears throat> was it Will Rogers? Yeah. yeah. I think that's right. Bridget Gainer's here, and uh, what are you doing for Christmas? So we'll be Christmas Eve. We uh, are at our at my house, and so that's um, when I'm coming. That's when you're coming. Okay. Now, do Actually, we open presents Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? <laughs> There's so many that I brought some today. Okay, good, good. Then good. other people are going to feel bad if you're getting it. I thought it'd be awkward for the whole family if I'm, I wake up on the floor and they think it's Santa. <laughs> They might love that. Yeah, right. Now that we're no longer doing, you know, the elf on the shelf. I don't know if you know what that is. You like hide this little elf. Sure. But now that Mary's 12, it's kind of hard Not to act like she deal. still believes. Uh, what about the mensch on a bench? None of that in your house? <laughs> I could use a mensch on a bench. Sure, sure. Uh, no, so Christmas Eve, we're here with friends and my sister comes over and kind of the Northsiders do their thing. And then my uh, mom goes to my sister Maureen's. We go to mass on, on uh, Christmas Eve and then we do like the seven fishes. So we do all seafood at my house, which will be fun. And then Christmas Day, um, you know, my Mary still wakes up early, and the two teenagers are like, "What difference does it make? Nothing's leaving. We might as we're going to get it when we get it." So I'd rather sleep late. So that's always a little bit of drama. And then we go to my mom's. But you know, this is the first year, you know, first Christmas without my dad. So and his birthday, he would have been eighty the day after Christmas, and so. We always made a big deal about his birthday because, of course, day after Christmas, never got a party. So you had to get a present wrapped in birthday, happy birthday sure. paper, have a birthday cake, nothing Christmassy about and it. And you just got done with the celebrations <laughs> and you're going, oh, good, another party. Uh, well, I, I, I don't think you were listening this morning, but we have five birthdays this week in five days. You know, including Abigail Grace and, uh, and Ross. Who's uh, the only one that really matters, let's be honest. Abigail Grace. <laughs> Actually, my mom's got a, a milestone birthday today. Happy birthday, Mom. How old? Um, older than 70. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a big one. Although I did tell you, I think I told this story a long time ago, when my grandma, who died at 95, her favorite show was Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> and they had a Wheel of Fortune at Navy Pier, like they did Wheel of Fortune at Navy Pier. And she went, and Pat Sajak was there. And he said, oh, my God, you're 94. That's amazing. And he said, my mother just turned 80. She said, Oh, to be 80 again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get that, right? Sure. I mean, I'm 58. I, I rem- It's very easy to remember a time where I thought, man, someday I'm going to be 40. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was younger thinking, in the year 2000, when we hit to the new millennia, I'm mm. going to be 30. I mean, I'll probably have three or four kids. I'll be living right? in the house. I'll be all-, <laughs> be all set. Life will be mostly, you know, Done. as it's going to be. <laughs> didn't quite turn out that way. Uh, at 743, uh, we uh, will continue with Bridget in a second, but also after 8 o'clock. Last week, Bridget claimed they threw her out uh, before she was scheduled <laughs> to leave. 
you're welcome to stay as long as you're willing to play our games. All right. And uh, this morning, Dean will be interviewing, be reviewing the brand new Star Wars movie. Are you a Star Wars fan? Um, I'm like a Star Wars admirer. Like, I admire (laughs) that it's like such a long story and they keep pulling things out of it. See, I admire the dollars. I admire the success (laughs) the thing has had because it's such a blockbuster. I don't know if that'll be my absolute go-to, but, you know. And because my youngest is a girl, we I mean, we saw Frozen 2. I don't know if we'll be there for Star Wars, but we'll figure it out. Um, what did you think of Frozen 2? Because Abigail Grace liked it, even though there were some scary parts. I thought it was solid for a sequel. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I thought it was solid for a sequel. I haven't heard as many moms complaining about the song uh, because there wasn't an epic show-stopping tune. There, I was about to say, there was nothing that you walked out of there thinking like, wow. Like, Azina Mandel... It, it, Dina Mandel, she's incredible. Like mm-hmm. her, it, she's like Patty Lapone was twenty years ago. So yeah, there was none of that. But it was you know it was solid. What did Travolta call her? Was it Adele Dazim? Remember that <laughs> the Oscars no. a few years ago? Oh no, yeah, wasn't great. When we talked about this earlier in the uh, show, Bridget, uh, Amazon has a, a new feature. A study apparently shows that six thirty on Christmas Day is the time when most families start screaming at each other. P.M. or A.M.? 6.30 P.M. It's fight time. Okay. And I would think it makes sense in general because you've been together all day, maybe for a couple days, and by 6.30 you're probably done eating, you know, you are a little too close together, all of that. So but anyway. Oh, you're looking around saying, I spent so much time thinking about that awesome gift. Mm-hmm. And I know 100% you regifted something. <laughs> right, right, right. But right, you're right. trying to figure out, like, do I actually say it or do I just resent it for the next year? Well, but here's the do thing. Do I just carry it around with me? It'd be very easy to blame it all on Trump. Like, somebody's going to bring up Trump and it's going to be a big fight. <laughs> the fights that go on are usually about money. And usually about somebody in the family who feels like they didn't get theirs, whatever the case may be. Could be a present, could be an inheritance, could be somebody successful, somebody's not. But there's one person in the family that's generally the fire starter. And if you don't know who it is, it's you. Uh, <laughs> like the bad roommate? Yeah. If you yeah, keep yeah. ending up with a bad roommate, you <laughs> are the what? bad roommate? You're the bad roommate. So 6.30 on Christmas night, you can ask Alexa, Echo, whatever you call it, um, for uh, some fun questions. And it'll start firing off questions to change the topic. Okay, I'm just going to throw out one thing about Alexa, mm-hmm. because the idea that you would have a device in your home that eavesdrops over everything Constantly. that you're saying, I think that's insane. Like, I'm not putting tinfoil over my outlets or anything. Like, we're not going into there. Mm-hmm. But How about as a hat? Yeah, no? I would never have one of those things in my house. I so you don't have one? No! Absolutely not. It is the new radio. It's the new house radio. I have a radio. It's Guess what? New... I turn on the radio. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the new house do stuff for me. It's the, hey, what's the weather? Hey, give me some movie times. It's all of those things. But you're right. It has to listen all the time. Well, this is the thing. Everyone says like, oh, yeah, you can ask it all these questions. Okay. First of all, now we have this device that we spend time on all that the time. Hold all is day. the whole idea that like I can sit my butt down and I can literally never move and right. things I don't know if you ever saw the movie Idiocracy mm-hmm. came sure, out like of course. ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. It gets to the point where like no one ever has to go anywhere. Right. Is it so hard to like open up your phone well, and look two, at a movie time? The two things that have turned true are that and Andy Warhol. Everybody's gonna be famous for fifteen minutes because everybody now has their own talk show. It's social media. Uh, and I've told people this before. 
you're not entitled to your opinion. Your opinion is something that you say, but it doesn't mean you're entitled to it. Do some research. Think about what you say before you open your mouth. And more importantly, now, before you hit send. Well, what I tell my kids all the time is like, look, the world is not changed by your opinion. It's changed by your actions. Yeah. So do something. Right. Yeah. Uh, the thing that makes me Less crazy. talking. The, yeah. Oh, there's way too much talking. Now. <laughs> I say this as a talk show. Yes. Yeah, right. There's way too much talking. All people do is talk. Well, you turn they're, on they're the, talking and you're not able to talk. That's the problem. Well, but you, you want to say, when are they going to stop talking so I can talk? You turn on the news channels. Every show has a panel with two sides that disagree right. and then they talk about how they disagree and nothing gets accomplished well, no, it's like a panel of two people all these people you've never heard of it's like when you go to the grocery store and you see the magazine and it says so-and-so broke up with so-and-so mm-hmm. and i want to say i don't even know who those should i know who those right. people are right. is that, and, am i not paying attention and enough how is it my business <laughs> uh we got somebody on the phone who wants to ask you a question about some county uh, biz joe's in hazelcrest hey joe how are you good thank you happy holidays to everybody and to you too. hi joe Steve, you're absolutely right. Bridget, you're absolutely right. Action is what we need, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Somebody on the show called a couple weeks ago and said something about setting real estate taxes at 1%. Well, that's action. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't the county come out with something and work with the municipalities and set that at 1%? So taxes would be no higher than 1% of the value of your property. Can that's you do that? Real action. That's real action. Second, Bridget, would the county support a a dome stadium in Cook County, and 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 right to help us grow the tourism sector? Okay. Well, sorry, Joe, I didn't mean to cut you off. Get an answer here, though. No, no, no. So, so, Joe. Uh, let's go to the first part first on taxes. Look, I, I, as I said to the uh, the caller a couple weeks ago, the thing about taxes in Cook County is. You have to raise a certain amount, and if some people don't pay, other people pay more. And I think one of our biggest problems, like, so Fritz Kage is taking on the assessment issue, trying to make that a little bit more fair and make sure everyone pays what they're From supposed to. From a distance, to. it looks like he's doing a, a great I think job. he's doing a great job. The second part, though, is I think one of the unknown things about the tax system in Cook County is that we have this massive amount of property that's vacant, but more important We've labeled on all these back taxes, fees, and fines. It's in this thing called the scavenger sale. There's 27,000 properties sitting in there that we're not collecting any taxes on. That's It takes years and literally 75 different steps to get uh, property out of there. The Cook County Land Bank... So even if you want to buy it. Even if you want to buy it. And most of it is in lower-income neighborhoods, and we tolerate that, which we shouldn't. But the Cook County Land Bank, for the first time, is now we're taking about 2,000 properties out of there. On any given year, the private guys usually take about 100. We're taking out 2,000. Those are going to be on the tax rolls, developed by people in our our county. That's going to add to the base. The only way to lower the tax rate is to broaden the base. The the rates should be lower. Because the math has to work. And the math has to work, and more people should be included. And so I agree, because out in the suburbs, especially out where you are in Hazelcrest, the amount of real estate taxes in the south suburbs makes it almost impossible to get economic development, because it is so much more expensive for anyone to operate there um, than they would have to be in another area where there's less. So and correct me if I'm wrong, unfair. but what I'm hearing from you is a flat tax at any number doesn't work. A flat tax at any number doesn't really work on the real estate side because there's different considerations. But I'm absolutely with you that the rate should be lower and we should ensure that everyone is actually paying. Because, you know, if, if some people are left out of paying, then everyone else pays more. 
as far as the dome stadium yeah i don't know No, go ahead dome stadium no look it depends on for what sport you know and 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 also the thing about a stadium is because i when i was at the park district worked on the soldier field redo Mm -hmm. is where is it can it can it draw people from southern wisconsin northwest indiana and the suburbs um you know they just moved the soccer stadium from Bridgeview back in closer into the city. So it all depends on how much demand there is. But I think, look... I think you need a professional team to support a dome stadium. Yeah. And if you don't have it, it can't just be supported with concerts. It can't be supported with concerts because the number of acts that can fill, weird knowledge, you know, the, the number of acts that can fill a stadium... Yeah, it's not that it's, big a list. It's like less than 10. Right. You know, but look, I, I think anything you... We need to be... The government needs to be a part of the solution in in driving economic growth. Well, Joe, I think, would agree with this uh, um, because it's always one of my harangues. The people that benefit from the rules are the ones that have to change the rules. So how do we get them to change the rules? And to me, the only way to do that is to vote. It's to vote, and it's also to call attention and, first of all, not tolerate things for other people you wouldn't tolerate for yourself. Right. The idea that we let all this vacant property sit there, most of it's been sitting there for over a decade, and nobody does anything about it, and it's it's all rules we made up. This is our opportunity so to So who do we this. demand change in that particular instance? So we're demanding change. The land bank's demanding change by showing how it actually works. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have 2,000 development projects happening in the next year where people then are going to start paying taxes. I mean, every year the land bank collects the county collects over $8 million in new taxes every year just based on the property the land bank has developed in the last couple of years. That number is going to increase exponentially. And so, you know... Well, that's fantastic. And you know that I'll talk about it here and you can talk about it here. Uh, you getting cooperation from other media? Are they picking it up as a story or is it not sexy enough? You know what? I think it's... Whenever you start talking about taxes, people's eyes can glaze over, but that's part of our job and we have some ideas of how we're going to do that in the next year. So... Uh, in my experience with the uh, uh, political issues, it's like kids with charity. Kids want to give. Kids mm-hmm. want to help, but you have to show them what to do. Yeah. People want to know how to change things for the better, Yep. but I they agree. need to know what to do. So in cases like this and other things, the more you tell us what to do, well, we're afraid of you for one thing, but the more you tell us what to do, the better, because it gives people you know, sort of marching orders. Yeah, and I think the main thing is... I think you pay attention to what your local officials are doing and demand that they do better. Um, and, you know, voting is obviously... Well, this is, why, this is why the argument, my vote doesn't matter, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Your vote matters completely. Uh, don't buy into the nonsense that it, it, the, the presidential election comes down to four states, so your vote doesn't matter for anything. Your vote for Congress and your vote for state politics and your vote for local politics affects your life infinitely more than the vote for president does. So vote. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Well, I find that I'm right quite a bit when I'm <laughs> on the show. 757, more coming up, and Dean reviews the Star Wars movie after 8. The Northwestern Medicine Newsroom is where Steve will be next. All right, Dean Richards at Channel 9. Bridget Gaynor is here as well, and uh, we have a lot to talk about, Dean. Good morning do. to you. What do we have to talk about today? Well, there's Star Wars. Like what, for example? There's Star Wars. There's the uh, Good Times All in the Family thing Ooh. last night. Oh. There's Cats. That sounds just like the list that I just sent you. Well, oh, I've got one more. There's Eddie Murphy. That's the fourth item on the list. Yeah, what else? <laughs> so, uh, and uh, what will you be doing for the holiday, Dean? I'll be. Uh, I don't, I, I don't, Are you working? Uh, not on Christmas, no. Are you working New Year's week? I am working New Year's week, and as you uh, probably know and can't wait, uh, Annabella Val, Sarajindra, and I are hosting the New Year's Countdown on Channel 9. Annabella Val! 
Um, so does that mean that you want us to come by for our annual New Year's plug? Uh, yeah, if you'd like to. <laughs> That's a that's a huge invitation. Doesn't it yeah. sound really warm? He, I don't think he can do it without you. Dean usually has us by on his Sunday show, and then he has us come by TV. Yeah, and it's not because they don't have material. It's not because the producers are can't drunk. get a guest. <laughs> so not that the B uh, that the A and B talent are all off, and like the C uh, people are running. It's the not show. that. So really, we could put anybody on. Right now, here's the thing, and Bridget, I think you know this. Um, this is um, it's like handling a uh, you know a live grenade doing a New Year's Eve show on TV because yep. there's all these moving parts. You know, Mark D and Greco started licking Janet Davies' face a few years ago because they ran out of ideas. Yep. Uh, and uh, Channel Five's tried to do one for years. So this is the first year for Channel Nine, right? Uh, first year in a long time that we've done anything on New Year's Eve. So, is there any meetings yet, or you're not so worried about? Oh it? no, yeah, no, we've had meetings. We've had meticulous planning. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Going into all this, you know, we say that like we don't want to do. You know, the New Year's coverage on Channel Seven is uh, highlighted by Janet Davies and Mark Giangreco uh, making out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, How are you like, top that? So, what do we do? Yeah, that's the thing. What do we do? To that's top why Majors quit because Giangreco used to make out with him. I'm thinking a pillow fight between Annabelle Wall and Sarah Ginger <laughs> right at midnight. So something really forward-thinking? Like a tickle fight or something <laughs> right, like that. Would right, be right. Perfect. Seems like the perfect era to ask for that. Maybe yeah. bring it up at a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> nobody nobody in mind. Nobody at all. Now, will you be doing multiple locations? I think so. Wow. It was a big effort. I can't really say that I've been paying much attention in these meetings that we've been having. Look, I know you're going to be great. I know Sarah's going to be great. I know Annabelle Laval is going to be great as well. I know there's fireworks. Between the three of you together? That's fireworks. Actual fireworks. But this is a career ender. This is an actual career uh, ender. (laughs) And fireworks uh, on the river. They're they're doing fireworks on the river, and we're going to... Uh, show those. I think we're checking in a couple of different locations. Well, what was it? Was it Channel 2? Somebody tried a New Year's Eve show. Or maybe it was Channel 5's first year. It's three or four years ago. The weather was bad. And they had like a boat on the river or something, like a New Year's Eve float that caught fire. What? Do you remember what no, it was? No, that was no. The fire. That yes. was the fire festival or right. something like that. that but was... was that New Year's Day, Dean? No. Right around. But was was there... that a summer thing? No, it was, it, I thought it was winter. Wasn't it cold out? That's what I thought. I can't remember, but it was it was a huge flop. Right, because the main eye-catching thing was burning as it uh, as it uh, came down the river. Having said that, you remember it. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't it like a houseboat thing or something? Like I no, think it was. It, it was. it was this theater company, That's I think, what it was. that did was doing this whole spectacle. It was going to be on the river. It was going to be kind of launching a new big Chicago tradition. And it literally set on fire. Not <laughs> metaphorically set on fire. <laughs> literally to watch went it. up in flames. <laughs> yeah. Children screaming on the banks of the river. It was memorable. So, Dean, I would just say don't do that. Don't uh, have children screaming on the side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No children, no matches. <laughs> will there be clowns involved since you're doing the show? There are no clowns involved in the show. Much, you say that, but will you to, surprise us with clowns? to my dismay. Mm, that would be might. great if Bozo was involved in a pillow fight with Annabelle Lowell and Sarah Ginger. <laughs> you know, all the things I'm you're saying. Are, hard. I'm working hard on the pillow fight. All the things you're saying are out loud. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> These aren't just in your head. All right, we'll come back. More with Dean in a second. We're going to go through that whole list of stuff. Show business in just a second, Dean. We were just talking off the air about the cost of college. Yes. 
crazy. And it's through the roof. And Bridget, you and I need to take this up on a future show at some point. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea why a Democrat isn't running with this in the presidential campaign. The cost of college. Because yeah. the colleges need to be held accountable for the tax breaks they get and the money they charge. Well, I, I, you know, we were just talking on the side. When I went to U of I, it was $7,000 a year for room and board and tuition. Mm-hmm. And now it's thirty-three. But if you just looked at the cost of inflation, like how much 7000 is worth now, it's about twenty. So what's the difference between twenty to and thirty-three? Yeah. But then, if that, and that's a public college. If you look at a private college, it's sixty-five or seventy thousand dollars a year. Right. Yeah, and more. Yes. Dave was yeah. t- the, uh, Dean Dave was talking about a college on the East Coast. That, it's, it's not on the East Coast. Oh, you know not? where it is? It's the University of Chicago projected to be the first. One, and this was a story, I don't know, a month or so ago, that they, they're they projected to be the first $100,000 <laughs> university. <laughs> Just, it's incredible. Dean, where'd you go to school? I went to Columbia College. What'd you pay? You remember? In the fine city of Chicago. Uh, I don't remember. It was a lot. $8? Uh, may, might have been a little more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was very, very expensive. It's just crazy. It's crazy. All right, let's jump in. Star Wars. Can we, uh, just uh, real quick here, during the break, I was looking at the the Twitter, uh, and uh, somebody is complaining about a review I did two years ago. Well, you know, I meant to, I meant to bring have, that up. Can there be a statute of limitations on complaining? <laughs> about, I think the not thing on here Twitter. Is people remember things that went badly. So you didn't start on fire. They just didn't like your review. Right. Right, right. You weren't floating down the river. A review from two years ago. What was it? What movie? The First Man. Oh, that's the, the Neil Armstrong movie. Did they just see it or something? What would have lit that I, fire? I don't know. No, I think what lit the fire was that Richard Jewell movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, people have been coming out of the woodwork mad that I pointed out that there were historical inaccuracies in that movie. And why didn't I point out other historical oh. accuracies in other movies mm. that I am politically choosing which uh, inaccuracies Oh, to, you've always been that way. You've always politically my, chosen your errors. In my reviews. <laughs> Uh, and this person uh, in the movie uh, First Man saying, why didn't I call out the director of uh, that Neil Armstrong movie for not showing the planting of the flag oh, uh, sure, in that sure, movie? Sure. Uh, because that would have been historically. Or the fact that they actually flew to Jupiter uh, and they were supposed to go to the moon. You didn't bring that up yet. They got the wrong planet. So, I should have mentioned that. Speaking of planets, Star Wars? Uh, is uh, out uh, starting today around 5 o'clock. First screenings uh, will begin. Uh, there, I, I was checking around on the uh, uh, ticketing services. You can still buy tickets if you want to go see it. Tonight. Oh, really? Uh, plenty of uh, places still have availability, and they're running the movie 24 hours a day for the next several days, so there's plenty of time to go see it. Now, as far as uh, the movie itself, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love this franchise. I went into this. Maybe my expectations were too high. Uh, but I came out of the movie liking it, not loving it. Wow. I did have a feeling of satisfaction. I felt like, okay, that was that was okay. But it, with some of the other Star Wars movies, you come out and your mind is blown. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens in the movie, some twist, some turn uh, that happens that you did definitely did not see coming. And I think that the director, J.J. Abrams, uh, played the movie kind of safe for the most part. Uh, the first half of the movie is very slow. It is just completely overstuffed. There's so much stuff going on. 
that I think it slows the momentum down of the movie. But once they get down to uh, battles and lightsaber uh, battles and uh, massive armies uh, and you know the resolution of lots of loose ends from this franchise and familiar characters, then it all starts to feel uh, like. A suitable ending for the movie. So any cool cameos? Uh, yeah, yeah. There are there are some cool uh, cameos in this movie. I heard, I heard uh, I, I did uh, not Senator McConnell them. does a walk on. I did McConnell. not expect them to digitally bring back Judy Garland to sing "Happy Days Are Here Again." <laughs> that was not a surprise. You know, to me. speaking of that, you know, Carrie Fisher. They used unused footage. How about that? <coughs> That's awesome. Me. Of the late Carrie Fisher, and she plays kind of a pivotal role. It's not just one hmm. little scene. Uh, you see uh, quite a bit of her, but there are uh, a few other uh, you know surprises. Uh, Merv Griffin hosting a talk show. <laughs> really? On another planet. That's another it seemed, shocker. It seemed kind of random to me. It seemed a little that, weird. That wasn't enough to qualify as mind-blowing for you? <laughs> that was different. Darth Vader sits down, he puts his hand on his chin, and goes, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be over 60 to appreciate that. Mom, who is Merv Griffin? <laughs> yeah. All right, so a so live... the Dean's List B uh, on, and, on that one. Now, you're not... And I'm just telling you this. Two years from now, you're going to get somebody complaining about this review today. Yeah, I'm just telling well, you right now. get in line. There's there's no shortage of people complaining. Um, so you're you're off tomorrow, I think, right? Uh, no, I'm here. Oh, you are here? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you will hear my scathing review of uh, Cats then. Oh, fantastic. I know you love a good scathing review. I That's the only Broadway play I ever walked out of, Cats. Really? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you're really going to love this uh, two-hour yeah. version on screen then. On the, a couple of great songs and the rest of it, I just go, what the hell is happening? <laughs> no. Why are there people in cat suits dancing around and no story? Uh, good times and all in the family. How'd they do last night? They, uh, I haven't seen the ratings for them yet, but they were fun to watch. It, it was interesting because you know the clock was ticking. The impeachment uh, right. vote was right. taking right. place. Right. And it's getting very close to 7 o'clock last night when they're supposed to do this live uh, in front of a studio audience, good times and all in the family. So, you know, I'm wondering, are they just not going to do it? How are they going to do it? ABC actually broke away from their coverage. And uh, they did uh, uh, the good times and all in the family. Uh, nice uh, surprise was uh, the appearance of uh, John Amos, who played James Evans, yep. the, the original oh, father yeah. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on the show. He was on it. They brought out a few of the other original cast members, J.J. Walker and the actresses that played Thelma and uh, uh, the neighbor, uh, Walona, Walona, Walona. Mm, yeah, yeah. Walona. Uh, and uh, the All in the Family was very good. They recreated uh, a Christmas episode in which a draft dodger friend of Mike, of Meathead, uh, comes by the house and has Christmas dinner. At the same time, a friend of Archie, whose son was killed uh, in the war in I Vietnam, I do remember that. Uh, came t- uh, to dinner. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Kevin Bacon uh, co-starred in that. It was really good. The, the, it was fun. It's uh, you know nice and nostalgic and everything, but it was fun to watch the whole thing. I heard the Cats people were on Jimmy Fallon. They were. Do you want to hear a little bit of it? They did one of those things where they play kids' instruments. If I cough up a furball, it's going to be your fault. It's- All right, uh, go ahead and hit it. Balance. If you find it, the meaning of what happiness 
Swifty. Alright, I'm starting to sneeze. Take it out. You know, I'm allergic to cats, the musical. Uh, Jason Derulo, whose uh, private parts were airbrushed out of the movie. <laughs> I did hear that. Yep. Uh, Bridget, Jason Derulo claimed his bulge, his words, not mine, was specifically airbrushed out of the movie in his wow. cat suit. So is that something that someone's going to want historical accuracy on, Dean, in the future in your review? <laughs> There's another tweet. you got to make a note about I that. I'm going to point out that the genitalia factor is way off. You better get that right. And if, finally, if, Eddie if only, Murphy's back. If only that were the least of the problems of this movie. <laughs> right, 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 right. More tomorrow on that. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's I, back. Uh, yeah, SNL this weekend. They uh, released a, a little teaser promo. Uh, yesterday with uh, Eddie. First time in 35 years, aside from a quick cameo in the 40th anniversary special, that he'll be back on the show. I am super looking forward to it. Well, you realize how young he was when he was on. 18, 19 years old. My God, that's insane. It's crazy. He was doing stand-up at 15. Right. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you. Bye. That's Dean. Uh, Bridget, um, uh, in all seriousness, thank you for everything you do on the show. Oh, I love being on the show. We love having you. And uh, have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year. did invite Bridget's family to come up for the New Year's show, and she went, hmm. So I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Um, so let me write that down. Hold but on. have Where a great time and say hi to your family for me. I will. Thanks, 827, guys. and news coming up. If you have a question about anything related to your house, anything, including how to get rid of relatives over the holidays, David Hochberg's here, 312-981-7200. We'll park you on hold, or you can text in a question now. Let's get to the news. All right, David Hochberg's here. Let's start off with a uh, blatant plug or two. Your new show is what? Uh, it's Home Sweet Home Chicago radio show starting here following uh, Lou Manfredini's House Smart Show January 4th from 10 o'clock till noon. What's going to be on it? May singing, dancing? Singing, dance, dancing. We're going to do relationship advice and we're going to give holiday uh, recipes because the holidays will be over. I think you should do stuff about your house. Well, okay. We, yeah, well, all right. I mean, the recipe things could come later. All right, so we'll talk about my house and um, other people's houses that want to call in. No, it, it, it's a self-help show, if you will. Um, we bring the sponsors that you hear on the radio into the studio to answer listeners' questions. So the first show, we have Roy Spencer from Permaseal going to be in studio. We have Tom Janke from Builder Supply Outlet, five miles east of the Oakbrook Shopping Center, Amy Kite from Amy Kite um, Realty, and Megapro's Joe, Megapro's Home Improvement, and I'll be hosting the show. So it's a two-hour show. And we hope everybody tunes in. And very listener involved. Oh, 100% listener involved. You know, we uh, we take calls the entire show from listeners. We, we we answer emails live on the air. You send in text. We try to get as many in as possible. I'm assuming the call and the text volume will shoot up here at the, as opposed to where our previous station. But, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I've been doing the well, show. Well, the last station so. signal went out by semaphore. So I like your chances here well, a little bit. I appreciate that. Yeah. Text sure, from, texter from the 708. Mr. Hochberg, my mom recently passed away. Um, I'm buying a house from my siblings. Yeah. Already have a house and mortgage. Is it a good idea to buy for cash? I'm putting in 125. Uh, you could use. Uh, sorry for your loss. I, I, I experienced the passing of my mother. You know, a couple of years back. So mm-hmm. I, I know at the holiday times it blows. Uh, but I just talked to a couple of guys yesterday. Same situation. I put their mother, helped them secure a reverse mortgage for their mother down in, in Arizona. Mother was like 97 years old. She passed away, left the house to the three kids, and uh, the three kids are in their 50s. And same question. So 
they're using the the home's equity as the cash for the down payment and to secure a mortgage against the house as long as they qualified and, and the credit was all good. So for this texter, if your credit's good, uh, there's different ways to look at it that you might not think are available, like the equity that your mom left you in the home. I don't know if there's any siblings, if they have to split it up, goes to grandkids, whatever. But you could use your portions of the equity in a relative's home that left you the home as a source of the down payment. So maybe you don't have to bring in the $125,000. Because the cash is a good thing to have on hand for other things. Because equity is cash, and you could use the hundred twenty-five to maybe put a little perfume on it and uh, spruce it up a little bit. New floors, new, you know, some paint, some windows, who knows? So there's different options. Give me a call, 855-56. David, great question. Yeah, it is. Uh, and one more before the break. Is it common practice for a mortgage company to ask for 25% down if the condo HOA does not keep a 10% reserve? Uh, not necessarily. You, you you put down 25% because you would get a better rate. Okay, so if it, it's just Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac rules. If you don't put down 25%, everybody's going to get a higher rate because what they found was during the uh, Dodd-Frank collapse in 07, 08, before Dodd-Frank came on, they did an analysis of homes and condos that went into foreclosure, and a large percent of them that went into foreclosure were over 75% loan-to-value. So in order to reduce the risk for the agencies, they put in a, a uh, rate hit if you don't put down 25%. There are limited review rules. I'm not going to go too deep, but you don't have to have 10% reserve in a condo to get the condo approved. There's ways around that. All right. So they should call you? Yeah. Why not? Sure. That'll be a good start. 855-56-DAVID uh, or go to 56david.com. We'll come back, get some more of your questions. 312-981-7200. We can take your text. And also, if you want to call in, we can jump on the phone if that's better for you. Steve Cochran Show, number 1506. Today's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mom. David Hochberg, say happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday. That's very exciting. How old yeah. is she? I know you're not supposed to ask. Ann Summers. She's north of 70. God bless her. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. We go dan- dancing. Hippest tonight? woman in America. Yeah. I'll take her dancing. I'm a great dancer. Well, she may take you up on that. All right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, happy birthday, Mom. We love you. And Dave does, too. I do. Um, at 848, uh, David Hochberg and uh, Team Hochberg are sponsoring the New Year's Eve extravaganza. Thank you for that. Sure. And uh, come out to the Rouse Center. It's rousecenter.org, R-A-U-E center.org. For a 1 o'clock matinee, or we're doing a day-night doubleheader. So at 7 o'clock, it's New Year's Eve for people that can't stay awake until midnight. Uh, and you can go to ClassicCinemas.com slash Steve and order your tickets right there. Going to be a lot of fun. New Year's Eve for people that can't stay awake until midnight. You got your Mike Toomey. You got your Tim Walco. You got your John DeCoss, who's a client of yours. Yes. Uh, Tim Benker, me. We're going to have fun. And John was, 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 was rehearsing his, his skit at the closing this past Monday. And um, it's not a it's not a Boy Scout camp. It's not a skit. Well, his, his, act, his, his routine your act. Your routine. And, and nobody was laughing. So I told him he, he had he <laughs> I'm like, is that a is that is that is that joke? He's like, yeah, not not good. I'm like, no. And then he kept going for like 15 minutes. I'm like, dude, is this your is this your bit? He's uh-huh. like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, about a week and a half to tighten the sucker up. But you feel good about it. I feel great about the, the jokes he won't be telling. Right. Yeah. You feel good about the fact that he's going to be funny New Year's Eve. Because he wasn't funny Because basically what you're setting up right now is a terrible sell. No, no, no. What I'm saying is is that all the stuff that that he was trying to do at the closing, he's going to redo. It's ah, going to be, he's going to kill it. Got it. What I'm saying is he's getting all the bad stuff out of the way now. And he's a very, I've Te- seen him live. Oh, he's, he's so hysterical. Text for 219. We purchased our house about three years ago. We put 11% down. We have a 4.25% interest rate. Yeah. Do we have to refinance to get the mortgage insurance off the bill, and can we? That's a great question. No. 
So here's what I would recommend that you do. You contact your current lender. There's an 800 number on your mortgage statement, and you basically tell them where you're at, that there's been some appreciation in your area. They can look it up in their system. They might be able to do it automatically with an automated um, mortgage value, uh, an automated system that values people's homes. And if they don't, you have the option to order an appraisal. You have to order it from the lender's appraisal management company. So if you go ahead and order your own, send it in. They're not going to take it. Usually costs you about three to four hundred, five hundred bucks, depending on how bad the the uh, lender wants to put the appraisal out on you. It, it typically costs about four hundred dollars for an appraisal. I've seen some up to a thousand, which is ridiculous. But uh, where current rates are today, this individual might be better just going back to their current lender and trying to drop the private mortgage insurance. Um, the next texter, David. I own two uh, six real. David, I own two houses. First one's on the market, hasn't sold. I didn't have a mortgage on the first house, but now I do on the second, waiting for the first one to sell. Yeah. Could I, should I get a reverse on the second to save money? If you're at least 62 and a half years old and qualify, yeah. I mean, it's definitely an option. What you should have done is taken out a line of credit against the home. And I always recommend this to folks, and some people do and most people don't. Um, We partnered up with um, the fine folks at Republic Bank. Go to Republic Bank. Take out a line of credit on the home before you put it on the market that you plan on selling. So if you get into a situation where you're at now, you take the money out of your current home, put it down on the new home. It's an interest-only payment. It's typically in the least expensive payment that you would have. So if you did have to carry two homes, the beautiful thing is after you sell your current home, you only have a small mortgage on on, on, on your new home. You don't have to refinance. So, that's so you're not getting killed. Well, yeah, you're not getting killed. It, it's, it's, it's money monopoly is basically what it is. Mm-hmm. You're just moving you're, money around. You're just moving money around and you're trying to to put it into the cheapest form that you can while you're carrying two properties and these are the topics that we talk about during the show and, and we've helped hundreds of people i just wish more people would take the advice before you put the house in the market listen you know coming up in june you've got twins walking down the aisle at high school you're paying 10 11 grand on a home you you, you don't have a mortgage on the home you want to dump it immediately call up Republic Bank, get a line of credit on it on the home. The best time to get a line of credit is when you don't need a line of credit. Mm-hmm. And if you sell your home within two weeks, God bless you. If you got to carry it, you got a ton of equity there that you could take out and put down on the new home. It gets you a lower rate on the new home. You might not even need a mortgage on the new home because you're borrowing it against your old home. Would you close the line of credit then? Would I close the line of credit? Yeah, I mean, once you sell the house. Oh, sure, yeah, it gets paid off and it's dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you sell the house. Is there it, a penalty fee for closing it yeah, quickly? Yeah, it's like three, $400, but there's so no closing the costs. less stress. Yeah, there's no closing costs on them. It's three, yeah. $400, $500 maybe, whatever it is. So that's the that's the play, right? And then you're able to move the money around this. You might have to move into a new home. You might need twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 worth of improvements. There, There's your loan. Okay, there's your financing. It's just monetary monopoly. That's all that we're doing. That's why we're doing a thing at my house, which is called, Dave, I don't know if you know this, it's called, I should have called David in the first place, and it's people who have no other options, and they move in with me at a high rate yeah. until David is able to help them get what Helps they you want. Helps you pay the taxes in that check. Yeah. I mean... Uh, David, uh, 530 texter, I have $186,000 left on my mortgage. Interest rate, 3.5%. 19 years to go. I'm selling an income property. My share will get me 103000 Wow. Should I recap? refinance other options yeah you know 3.5 percent you see that's a that's a great question for a financial planner which i'm not 
Okay, because some people but be you like, know them. I know them. I could refer you to somebody. You don't get anything for it. But you know, do you, do you take the hundred and three and invest it in someplace else, or you take the hundred and three and put it in a three and a half percent mortgage to pay it down and getting it recasting? What's recasting? Going to your current lender and saying, "Hey, I've got a hundred and three grand that I want to pay down my mortgage," and then you're left with a small mortgage. Um, listen, I've got three point three seven five on a thirty year fixed on my loan. Right? Uh, I think my mortgage payment is wow seventeen hundred forty three dollars. I rounded up to eighteen hundred dollars. I don't put any anything extra in my mortgage because my financial planner is making me greater returns than 3.375, right? So I don't know what situation this person is in. Some people like to be, you know, I'm going to turn 65. I don't want a mortgage. Me, I'm like leverage the hell out of it. And and I'm not saying to go to Vegas or, or go to the boats. I'm saying leverage the hell out of your house and make more money elsewhere in another investment. You got the best of both worlds. You sell it when you need to. You sell it when you need to. So I can't answer this person's question. I would never answer this person's question. But you could refer them. I could refer them to an individual. What's player. your number? Uh, 855-56-DAVID. Go to 56david.com. Mm-hmm. But in this type of situation, it's a great question. People have these type of questions all the time. Uh, 847-DAVID, my son's wife just passed away. We're sorry to hear that. Oh, God, is that horrible. They owned a two-income house. What's his best option? He's in his early 40s. Um, two-income house, yeah. I, you know, Unfortunately, we get a, a lot of... Um, people passing away and it's going to be d- divorce season in january okay it, it's just a fact well here you have a young widower. Go up. right now we got a young widower it, I, again it's tough to answer a question in a in a micro way yeah, when it's a ma- you know, without knowing all the macro e- information so here I, I would tell you this if the if this individual is going through a tough time right now can afford it yeah you stay there maybe you rearrange the financial furniture I, I, there's been t- dozens of loans we've done when a divorce when 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 somebody passed away and they're loaded with debt and they have a death benefit coming in uh is it social security is it a pension or whatever that we could use that we wiped out debt saved the family that's still living there the surviving spouse thousands of dollars a month by blowing out all the debt in order for them to be able to afford it so listen i i don't know all this information from a text if you want to give me a call at 855-56 david i'll be and ask for david specifically he's got a yeah. great team but and something as sensitive as this ask for david yeah I, i'll take yeah please call me or, or call me on my cell phone 773-456-6526 i don't care there's my cell phone 773-456-6526 don't send any photos because I, I don't have enough storage but uh <laughs> you know call me there and i'll be more than happy to to, to do what i can i got time for one more super joe yeah. Okay. David, I'm a co-signer on a relative's home out of state. How do I get off it? Yeah, you got to you, you 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 have to refinance it, and you got to be careful. Co-signers. I've I've, I've I've written dozens of commercials where people co-sign for stuff, and then the person doesn't pay, and then the co-signer goes down. You have to. You, you're on the loan. Nobody's going to let you off the loan. That person's got to refinance you to get you off the loan. So you have to have agreement with the person you co-signed with that you want out, and then you refinance. And then that person who you who you're the signer, you being the co-signer. Has to be able to afford that house and and refinance out of it. We're licensed in 35 states. If you want me to take a look at it, uh, I'll be more than happy to. And if we're not licensed in one of the 35 states that the property is in, I've got relationships with other colleagues within the industry that I trust that I'll refer you over. Yeah, otherwise it's a paid hit and it gets expensive. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, your, your your credit scores could go down 50 to 100 points. I saw yeah. an uncle co-signed for little Johnny's uh, student loan. Little Johnny drops out of college a little 
I can't even say the word. Drops out of college, pulls off the college payment. You know, Uncle Johnny's kind of, you had to get me fired up on a holiday. Right, Uncle Johnny's right, coming right, in for a mortgage. Right, right. I can't get Uncle Johnny a mortgage because a little creep. Junior blew off the, dropped out and blew off the right. payment. A little creep. Yeah, you got the uncle trying to do a solid to help the kid out. The kid's a little kid's you know, always been a disappointment. Dude, whatever. Uh, the David Hochberg experience, Saturday mornings after Lou Manfredini, starting what day? Uh, January 4th. 2020. I'm very excited and honored to have this opportunity. Thank you, David Hochberg. It's uh, John Williams coming up in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom next. See you tomorrow. Just enough time to say John Williams is next, but now this guy says this and there's music and then there's news.